A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So, whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So, I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to get you ready for the rise of Skywalker, which seems it's like it's only hours away, but we still have a few <laughs> days, even weeks. But we're getting ready, Joseph. Today we're going to be diving into character arcs of the sequel trilogy. And you've been having a lot of fun here getting getting ready for Rise of Skywalker, right? Diving yeah, in. yeah. Thinking about different ways to look back at the past. I love all of Abram's quotes that he's been given everywhere. Yeah. Probably given some right now as we speak about trying to make sure that uh, Episode 9 is the finale of this whole story. So what is the story? What are the themes? Who are the characters? So we're having so much fun at, at having different ways to look at that. Uh, so for this episode, we're going to look specifically at character arcs. In the sequel trilogy, I wanted it to be character arcs in the Skywalker saga, yeah. but that would take 27 hours. And 
Yeah, look, we love doing long episodes. You out there listening seem to have been you, you embrace long episodes. <laughs> uh, you know, I I remember last week I got here in the morning at the studio, the Scrimshaw Studios East, whatever we'll call them now. Uh, I left during nightfall. Yep, the now, sun had gone down on Star Wars podcasting. That's more to do with time changes and everything, <laughs> but it just felt like. That's all Joseph and I did all day was talk Star Wars. And God bless her. What a lucky, fortunate life we have. But it takes a while. Uh, before we get really get going, today's podcast is, remind you about, uh, is brought to you uh, by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, a little bit later, we'll have our force Center Recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Star Wars adventures, life adventures, uh, holidays, just as a lot going on. <laughs> really, this is a lot of adventures. Uh, well, I'll just put it this way. I did not leave my apartment for four days, and it was great. Oh, I nice. still managed to have lots of adventures, nice. mostly without leaving my home. Uh, on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, did get to see go see Knives Out. Oh, yes. Which is, I think, a fascinating movie to see if you're a Star Wars fan in this constant discussion of how much are movies... Star Wars movies versus how much are they a specific creator's movies versus the idea that Kathleen Kennedy keeps saying is we want to hire somebody who has a personal vision and put something of themselves into the film because otherwise they're just going to feel like they were constructed in a great Star Wars laboratory that has to be something personal and real. So uh, I really enjoyed Knives Out and I thought it was really fun to watch that film and say, okay, well, what what has some rhythm or yeah. some connection to Last Jedi to make you appreciate. These are the parts of Last Jedi that really came from Ryan Johnson's soul. Mm. A lot of soul. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot, soul. A lot of soul. Knives Out was just great, great fun, I, yeah. I really thought. Uh, so I enjoyed it from that perspective. Uh, and then for uh, other life adventures, uh, my wife and I are doing the official Skywalker Saga rewatch. Ooh, so we are yeah. watching not Solo and Rogue One. We watched all the prequels this weekend and A New Hope. Right. And it, that's been really fun to uh, look at them from building up towards Episode 9 and, and look at them as a linear story. Because Abrams also keeps saying, yeah. if a kid sits down 100 years from now right. and watches these, not in release order, but Episode 1 to Episode 9... Yeah. You know, so it's really fun to, you know, march through that with my wife. I'm like, we're watching episode four thinking you don't know what's happening in episode five and you just watched episode three. That's great. And it's a really fun way to to look at them. I love that a lot. I love that a lot. Uh, and that's I got to start that, too. Running out of time. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> everything is time, time, time. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself? What kind of uh, holiday adventures did you have? Stayed in town. Uh, Grace's sister and brother-in-law recently moved back out to L.A. from Austin, Texas. So they're close by. So we had a, a huddle in. First ever Whole Foods hot bar Thanksgiving. Ooh. <laughs> um, which I've had Thanksgiving Carl's Jr.'s uh, yeah. before. Uh, th- it was interesting. Now, food was great, uh, but uh, a lot of people there. It's like a whole new world. Oh. This is what they do. Yes. Uh, I've got uh, family members involved in Whole Foods. Yeah. I worked at Whole Foods for a little while uh, back in the day. I, yeah. I was a sampler at Whole Foods. Oh, nice. I had the absolute pain of having to sample smart water. <laughs> And everybody going, will this water make me smart? <laughs> so I feel for people who both uh, work at Whole Foods and yes, go to, uh, have had a lot of delicious food. How is yeah. it? Food was good. Whole Foods hot bar. Uh, that sounds like bar. a hell of an experience. It was. It was good. Um, I uh, 
overshot my mark, so I had a lot of leftovers. Uh, <laughs> right? And then we uh, are you applying sports terminology yes. to the Whole Foods hot bar? <laughs> yes, to, well, to competitive mashed potato eating, <laughs> I am. And then we just hung out, and then we were supposed to go see Knives Out. We hadn't we hadn't purchased tickets, but. Grace and her sister had already seen it. They they went to a screening that I was supposed to go to. I couldn't go. I was sick. So Grace and her sister went. They loved the movie so much. Grace calls it her favorite movie of the year. Wow. Uh, she's like, we got to see it again. You and, and uh, Curtis, her brother-in-law, haven't seen it. So I was like, okay. I have a, I have a weird issue with going to movies on national holidays i just it's a bit too crowded for me okay i used to work at a movie theater so i'm like it's, and she's like no it shouldn't be that crowded it's thanksgiving i was like it's literally the biggest day of the year for movie theaters <laughs> i have i get crowding i'm not an anxious person but i get crowd anxieties at movie theaters it brings up bad parts of me um but i was like i can't be a spoil sport i can't be a wet blanket we'll go we were getting ready to go dinner we were all doing the couch nap type type thing yeah her sister says, "I haven't seen that uh, Mandalorian show yet," <laughs> and we're like, "Oh yeah, you got it, you got it, you got it." Well, how do we do it? We're like, "Well, as if Uncle Bob was whispering in my ears." I was like, "Just go to the Disney Plus app, try the free trial. You'll find." I was like, "You'll find it so full of movies and shows that you love. You you'll get it." And that's what they did. So they they ordered and they spent twenty minutes going, "Wow." This is on here. Oh, and it has. Oh that? my God! And that. And then <laughs> Duck we. Tales. Then we watched all three Mandalorian episodes. Nice. Chris and I went home, fifteen minutes away from midnight, and we thought, "Well, let's wait up for Mandalorian four. Our full Mandalorian view is up here in Force Center. We won't spoil it." And that was the Thanksgiving. And I also finished Fallen Order. Oh, good. Yes, I finished uh, Fallen Order on Wednesday as well. That was yeah. my day to to complete things. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Man. The, we'll, and we'll, we will do a review. We'll talk about when we're, yeah. we'll do a, a Fallen Order review in in coverage. But man, it's so much Star Wars. So much on Disney Plus. They have extras on yeah. the extras tab that has some deleted scenes, mm-hmm. and it's some that either I have never watched or have not watched in so long under the prequels. It, just, if you're a, a hardcore Star Wars fan, which I yeah. assume you are, if you're listening <laughs> to Force Center, uh, yeah. but. They have some incredibly long animatics from prequels that are both entertaining to go like, oh, that's what uh, that scene was going to be much longer, more convoluted. And again, I'm sure I saw these years ago, but I haven't seen them forever. They're so funny because Mm. they're the totally underfinished animatics where like the Clone Wars fight, like a really rough Jedi will raise its hand and then they'll cut in footage from Phantom Menace of battle droids falling over <laughs> <laughs> and they don't animate them at all. It's just like a stock bad yeah. drawing of the Nexu, <laughs> Nexu and it's not animated at all. It's just moving, moving flat across the page. It looks like South Park, but crappier. <laughs> so fu- there, there's a whole massive section of Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan's uh, lava duel. Oh yeah. Where okay. uh, there's a different, move that injures Anakin. I don't want to spoil it if people haven't watched it in a long time. I want to go check it out. It's so sudden and so brutal and it just it does. It looks like dumb South Park animation version (laughs) of Star Wars. It gave me so much joy. I've, I've I've seen a lot of them. There, I heard there were some new ones on Re- Revenge of the Sith. I hadn't seen, so I'm going to check that. I've been having fun. I, I told you before, I was going through the commentaries, which I'd never had the chance to. Yeah, because I didn't have the updated Blu-rays, and I've uh, been doing that on the Blu-rays, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, the animatic fun. for the Obi Wan original Obi Wan Grievous fight was like mm. this individual fight has three acts. It's twelve minutes long. I think. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Very entertaining. So that also, the final thing, I caught up on all of the Resistance episodes I missed. Did you watch the one from uh, this Sunday? I did. You you got me beat. I did not make it to uh, this oh, episode of yeah. Resistance because there's too damn much. This one's this one's good. Uh, the, the I call the anti-fracking PSA episode of the <laughs> of Jim Rash's uh, uh, Flitz uh, Orca uh, Flitz. Yeah, Flitz, right. Uh, yeah, that's his, sure. That's his character's name. Yeah, uh, or, or Orca and uh, Orca and a Jerry Lewis noise. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good. It was a good episode. Um, yes, Paul but, F. Tompkins is uh, the comedian right. uh, brother of Jim Rash, as it were, cousin. Right. I think. Yeah, uh, and it was it was good. It was like it was like what I come to expect with some resistance episodes, but those two episodes in between, the mm. Relic Raiders and the one with Tordoz's mother, yeah, are amazingly good. Right, and I'm like, see, and I'm not disappointed in Resistance, but I just like uh, it could have gone it could have built on this going forward if they kept the show going. I don't know. It's a different conversation, but um, cool little nods. The the the, the, the Bakura and the uh, yeah. uh, some other legend stuff came in. Right. And then um, uh, oh, Terex, because I, I really do love the yeah, character of the, Terex. The, the name drop of Terex from the yeah. uh, who's the main villain of the Poe Dameron po run Dameron of comics. Uh, and the Relic Raiders just casually kind of dropping that Kylo Ren has a group of stormtroopers going around <laughs> helping him hunt relics in the galaxy. Right. Well, that, and that's uh, I nerded out because mm. uh, Sarah and I caught up with those ones this weekend as well. And I was nerding out because uh, the cool archaeologist character mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, says yeah. that she has been doing this for a couple of years mm. at least. Yes. And that she's been looking for this specific one for a couple of years. So does she know that the Supreme Leader is now Kylo Ren or was oh, right. Snoke the one looking for this stuff and then kylo's just like keep the program going yeah it, bring me the stuff or is it a new obsession of kylo's both make perfect sense yeah it's like that these are the specific yeah. kind of uh troops who found mm-hmm. the vader armor on uh endor and they're or wherever good, it was they're good figure designs too they're good figures like thinking toys already <laughs> they're, good, they're good trooper designs too. Uh, good trooper designs yeah i, oh, I want to yeah. own action figures of them mm-hmm. yeah i think it was a reminder for me that i, I like all of resistance i think it always looks nice uh mm, yeah, I think yeah. it's always fun but i uh respond to it more when it is a little bit more directly tied to canon but even more importantly more directly tied to sort of emotional oh yeah themes mm-hmm. in that idea of the Sith temples being buried underneath the Jedi temples mm-hmm. uh, and that idea of family being divided by war. That's in the one with uh, the mother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that six year cannon drop. That was real nice. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. They really, that they have been separated for six years because that's how long since bloodline basically. Yep. Yeah. That was good. Um, um, great, uh, great stuff. Uh, what was it? Oh, the, in the relic Raider one, when, Kaz is presented with the knowledge that the Jedi often built on top of Sith temples. He's just going to like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> Purification. Uh, I did want to ask you about Kaz once you watched Relic okay. Raiders. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Kaz is often pitched as uh, a little bumbling, definitely mm-hmm. comedic. Uh, Christopher Sean does an amazing job yeah. at uh, of making him charming while having a variation in screams mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. as he, he drips and falls and bumbles. But ultimately, heroic. Yeah. Like he's a good pilot. Yeah, he does. Otherwise, job well. he bum- he's, he's a skilled pilot, but otherwise he bumbles his way through. Yeah. He does nothing right mm. in the Relic Raiders episode. Mm. It's right. He, he he brings those kids along, <laughs> which is like clearly a, a terrible idea. <laughs> Loses them immediately in a Sith temple. 
Mm. steps on multiple Sith traps, even after being warned repeatedly by an archaeologist. Don't do it. Was it too much when you get to the point where the protagonist is like, you made all of the wrong choices (laughs) and you were only saved by others? Uh, I I do love the character of Kaz. He's a different kind of hero, right? Uh, He's a skill pilot, like you said, so he's got skills. Um I, yeah, uh, I don't know how to answer it nicely. Yeah, yeah. I I was just fascinated by the choice of like, okay, fair enough. You step on one weird brick in an Indiana Jones Sith temple and you get hit with uh, some strange hate electricity. Cool. Yeah. And then when the archaeologist is clearly don't move and he does it again. It's like, wow. Kaz. Kaz needs to learn lessons twice. Yes, he's a slow learner. Good pilot, slow learner. <laughs> Good, yeah, yeah. But I do enjoy the character. I was just sort of mm-hmm. taken aback by that particular oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, presentation of him in that episode. No, there's depth there, the stuff with the, his, his father and everything. It's all there. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Good stuff. And there will it'll be fascinating to see if it suddenly drops major canon connections. We're getting close, you know. We're yeah. To, we got to catch up. Um, yeah, this last week's was great. It was in a casino, um, which maybe you know I love Vegas. Oh so yeah, it was good. But yeah, I want some. I want some meaty ones left here. All right, the episodes we have left. Some meaty resistance coming yes. up soon. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, as we always uh, do, we leave all of our Mando talk off this main show. You can go listen to the Mandalorian Report. It's out there on the podcast feed now. Generally, release it right now Monday afternoons. Uh, we'll see what happens as we get closer to Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> Christmas. Uh, it's a busy time. What a great time to be a Star Wars fan. But check it out. If you're wondering, uh, we'll try our darndest to not uh, reveal anything. From the show, as I choke on not the sickness I've had, but my lunch. Yep, there were some meat cubes. <laughs> I had meat cubes, <laughs> packaged meat cubes and, for lunch. Uh, yeah, you're, the meaty resistance is <laughs> happening in your throat. Meat is on the mind. So is news. <laughs> so is news. And Joseph, wow, I don't know how to approach Star Wars news this this time around because we're going to talk about some stuff. And on one hand, we're going to talk about some big reveals. Yeah. That we're excited for. On the other hand, we're going to choose to not talk about some big reveals that we're excited for. Yeah. What, what's our mindset going into the news this week? It's a tough time. I think it is a tough time. And I think uh, certainly with Last Jedi, I want to think Solo and Rogue One that we kind of made a decision like about a week out. If more little commercials come yeah. out with more stuff, we're just not going to cover it because mm-hmm. enough people are just like, hey, I, I want to experience the movie. Yeah. But we're still you know it's two over two weeks out uh and it seems like close to every other day there's a new commercial with one new shot that if you're a hardcore star wars fan that adds some complexity so i think uh from from here on out i think you you and i are both feeling like let's pick and choose yeah uh because there's some that's that are flavor and there's some that are like Ooh, that restructures the order of scenes in in one's mind and starts Mm. to lay out the movie. Yeah, it creates big questions and, and, and all of it's tantalizing. All of it's been very good, but we're just so close. I mean, we're so close. We're about two weeks out um, for, for for screenings and press and all that kind of stuff. We're almost there. And remember, uh, you, me, and, and Jennifer were, you know, very grumpy going into Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, boom, TV spot every day, article yeah. every day. And there's been a lot of there's been at the time of this recording, there's a live Q&A hosted by our friend Tiffany Smith. Uh, Ash Crossan tweeted out at a big uh, interview with the cast. Anthony Brezikin, we love the Brez. I call him Brez Blitzes. He is uh, dropping Vanity Fair's articles all week. And 
I think I think I'm comfortable saying. I know a lot of our listeners are in the same boat of like, I'm going to step away from the dinner table right now. Yeah, dessert's I, coming. Yeah, I think I think I'm good uh, to abuse my food analogy. Like I want yeah. to eat the entire pizza. I yeah. don't want to be delivered any more single <laughs> toppings by themselves and go. Oh wow, there's prosciutto on this. Cool. <laughs> Give me the whole pizza so I can taste it pizza. together the way it's supposed to be. Uh, that said, the emperor sounded like the emperor wanting pizza there. Um, <laughs> that nice said, pizza. we are going to dive into a couple of TV spots. Uh, so if, if you don't want any, anything, uh, we understand if you want to skip ahead, uh, I know some of our listeners are avoiding it. Some of our listeners are like, give me all the goods. Give it all. If they could steal the script from John Boyega, they would right now. <laughs> um, so we're going to cover two TV spots, uh, one called Duel, the other one Celebrate. We are not going to cover a clip that was released. And then when there's some behind the scenes thing we'll talk about in the next story that does reveal something, but we're too darn at least i am I'm come on gonna, we gotta we gotta yeah, we gotta yeah. talk about it. let's dive into uh duel this one has uh, uh the highlight uh, joseph was the music uh, a lot of du- music old music cues duel of the fates and into the imperial march most prominent what'd you yeah. feel about the classic music coming back here not back like it's been out of star wars for five years but like calling back right emotions from the past Oh man, just as a fan, it is incredibly powerful. A lot of the the Star Wars themes that we know and love have been used in a powerful way. Uh, the uh, the main theme, certainly the Force theme, Leia's theme. Hmm. So to get some of these other themes that mean so much to Star Wars fans just by themselves is cool. Yeah. The fact that it's those two themes mixing together is like if somebody yeah. was just like, hey, there are no new Star Wars movies, but yeah. here's a cool mix. People would be like, awesome, right? <laughs> I'm sure those mix, mix exist, yeah. but yeah. you know, but it's cool to hear them officially. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, the follow through that uh, this is really about the entire saga. Mm-hmm. We heard from, was it William, John Williams' brother, yeah, that he was allegedly featuring all of them. This feels like a confirmation of that. This follows through on everything that Abrams has been saying of this is the Skywalker saga. Mm. So there is the power of that. But then just compare to 2015 when the, the marketing push was even even going back to Rebels. Mm-hmm. The first episode of Rebels, like Star Wars is back and then kind of under their breath. The original trilogy <laughs> Star Wars that everybody likes more, right? And then many of us were like, no, we also like the prequels. Yeah, the and there was such a yeah. shyness it was. about the prequels when Disney took over. Yeah. So to now come full circle, the circle mm. is complete. And like, in fact, here is one of the most loved parts of the prequels. Yeah. Blaring. It, yeah. it is. It's a welcoming home, I think. Yeah. For people who love the prequels 20 years removed from when we first uh, stepped in fo- stepped into that home and it could easily i you know it could just be commercial just be commercial cut, yeah. all, all that kind of things but because of what showman's brothers brother said um i'm wondering in my head now i'm like cool does it show up in a battle not necessarily a lightsaber fight but does it show up at some point it's the duel of the fates and fates are needing dueled here in this yeah. final story so uh, i i really I really do hope we hear it. We hear it yeah. a little bit in solo with Darth Maul shows up, a little tiny, little tiny little hint. Yeah. But I'd like to I'd like to have it on display, worked into a new 
song. Yeah, I l- it, it, it's fun to think about what Duel of the Fates means, right? Because uh, Force themes show up lots of places. They're associated with Luke and Leia and Anakin and the Force in general, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or the good guys even, right? So the themes stretch a little bit. Duel of the Fates has been directly connected to Maul mm-hmm. in Solo. But I love thinking about like in that initial use, mm-hmm. like what is that music about? And to me, it is about like the conflict between the light side and the dark side is erupting. This is the first right. time that the Sith have really revealed themselves. Right. Yeah. And it's the start of this whole conflict. Mm. So it makes sense that that theme that represents, all right, light and dark are really in opposition yeah. in, in particular, if it's Sidious making yes. that happen, uh, that that's really powerful. I want yeah, I want to hear it. And I want it to rattle the walls. Yeah. But yeah, well, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, that's the TV spot duel. There might have been some other stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, what, what struck your uh, mind there? What, what uh, pulled you in? I think one of my favorite things is the new line of dialogue from Palpatine. Oh, right, yes. And uh, whether yes. or not that is actually in the movie or is great uh, a trailer thing, but uh, this will be the final word in the story of Skywalker. I like that one a lot. Oh, that's great because, you know, we've talked so much as a Star Wars fandom about how is Palpatine going to come back? We've talked on the podcast about what's his plan going to be? How is he going to manipulate and prey on the fears of our heroes? Mm. But that simple line just reset it of like, he's got to hate those Skywalkers, (laughs) right? Of just reconnecting to not the hows and the whys, but just the... How are you feeling today, Chief? <laughs> Pissed? Understandable, I guess. And that, if you think of it as a full story, and if you buy the theory that Palpatine or Sidious yeah. uh, was involved in the creation of Anakin, and then Anakin right. served him for a long time, but then it all fell apart, and he died because of the love between a father and a son Skywalker, and he's just like, <laughs> the first thing I do yeah. is I'm gonna kill yeah everyone involved <laughs> in the skywalker lineage it's like mm, understandable I understandable love i love it it was said with such classic vim and vigor yeah yeah and, and if you also think of it from the perspective of palpatine having the baggage of i don't just want to kill my my enemies i want to break them to my point of view yeah the dark side point of view that caring about others and hoping is weakness and folly and a lie and it's stupid and you're wrong. And it it gets, Mm. it it makes it, that one line made me think like, what if that is his agenda of like, I, yeah, I'm going to use you however I need to use you. And then Kylo Ren, you know, if he is the last blood Skywalker, I want to break you before you die. I want to see the hope go out of your eyes because that's from my evil perspective I want that to be the final note in the Skywalkers that not only did I kill you, but I broke you. (laughs) I took all hope away from anyone named Skywalker is just that's some duel of the fates music for me. Yeah. And this is uh, I had a discussion uh, with a friend in my house the other day. I stopped (laughs) by. He's just like he's been very vocal online about uh, uh, Palpatine coming back. is is just proof that uh, they're just creatively bankrupt. And I was like, man, it's I, I, I. Get from the surface if you're like, wow, they're bringing Palpatine back. But he's and he's a fan. He's not. Yeah. He's he's a old died in the wood, shadows the Empire fan. And 
And I said, man, it's just not. I said, you just got to give him a chance. It, why wouldn't it be bad? Why wouldn't Palpatine be involved in some way yeah. at this point? Why, you know, if, if he wasn't involved, would we be saying it needed him? I don't necessarily know that. I don't necessarily think that. Yeah. But he's there and you're like, you start to think about it and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah. This is a final showdown between this guy, that guy. Get the gold road snow. Maybe snow comes back too. I don't care. But <laughs> make, and, 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 and you have Ian McDermott. Unless it's like a, you know, I, I was I, I was touched by that E.T. Uh, commercial they just did. Oh, yeah. But it's a commercial. It's not that. It's not like we brought Ian McDermott back as the emperor for a Ford commercial. <laughs> it's, he's in a movie and he's been in Rebels and all this stuff, but he's in a yeah. movie. I want to see that. It's I do great. want to see the Ford commercial as well. Yeah, I do want to see Anti-lock that. brakes. Um, but to connect it all to what you're talking about and have him come back and to hear that you know that moment that that voice uh, everything you said everything you said so far that you're coming together will be your undoing all these things all the themes it's coming from palpatine and i love it yeah juicy juicy exciting juiciness here uh the other tv spot celebrate uh and i'll be honest they're all so similar and usually have one or two shots that we haven't they're like come on yeah (laughs) but this is the one where the focus for me uh, what we want to discuss here at least is uh is leia yes holding the lightsaber yes and this, though we've seen other shots of her, this is the first one. Again, it's a TV spot. It's moving quick. But even on a freeze frame, it's like, oh, wow, she's in this movie. Right. And I mean, it. not only is she in this movie, but the freeze freeze framing her. Uh, a, the first time I saw it, I kind of was looking at it between fingers because like, do I want to see this? But hey, right. we saw it. We're talking about it. Um, it's just so powerful because of the legacy of that lightsaber. Her mm-hmm. holding it, it's clearly fixed yep uh because it's got a little bit of a new design there mm-hmm. in the area where it was fractured uh we we yep. can kind of guess about what uh, scenes might have been used if that was a mod scene if that yep. was a scene between her and ray uh, in the force awakens before ray uh went to octo but just the uh the current elder of the skywalker yeah. family holding that lightsaber with that legacy and is it that she went and had it repaired because Ray's not using it in any of the Mm. journey to rise of Skywalker materials. Right. So is it, is that what the scene is? Is, is Leia said, (laughs) I fixed this or I got somebody to fix this because you, you need to pick this back up. This is your responsibility, Ray. Get, get to training. (sighs) Yeah. And I saw a few people tweet out, Oh dear God, this movie's going to break me. And and then that picture. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, Again, because to see this shot of like, oh, man, it feels like she's not even gone. Yeah. And we'll see how it plays out on the big screen. We'll see how I get that. I get that. But I, I, everything you're talking about, what that scene could mean, the context of it, I'm trying to dance around it in my brain. But like, yeah, that that was my favorite thing. That's been actually my favorite thing so far of the TV spots. Yeah. It's very powerful. I wanted to ask you about her costume, too, because we've seen yeah. bits and pieces of it. And I'm sure people have freeze framed it. Um, yeah. But this was such a clear shot. I'm fascinated by what's going on in that costume design choice because she's got a yeah, sort yeah. of dark robe vest thing yeah. with a real sharp collar that's got some, I'm dressing a little bit like my dad vibes <laughs> and not Bale. I am not my, Bale. My yeah. bio dad. My it's, ob- it's got a little bit of a harsh... I am edge trying. to it. And I'm not in any way saying Leia's going to fall to the dark side. I'm just <laughs> saying it's interesting to connect yeah. Leia visually to ways that Anakin has dressed, the ways that Luke has dressed and teasing yeah. that idea that 
hey, we're all tempted by the dark side. And I could have been tempted by the dark side. Darker tones. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, it's just a cut to it. Everything else she's worn has been like real practical, like the general outfit or more, you know, regal. Yes. Like royalty, like uh, toned down Naboo style, a little bit more exactly. Alderanian heritage. And this has a mix of practical and, like I said, just with that collar, like a little bit of edge to it. Scrolling through the Google machine while you're talking. All right, there it is. All right. I was starting to worry. I'd seen, I saw the other version. We've seen, we've seen it. This is the first, like, we looking at it in a almost full body shot. We've seen some of the hugs with Ray and everything. Yeah. Um, I had to be careful because I was like, if I don't find it soon enough, uh, I'm going to stumble on a spoiler. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a belt. You know, she loves her space jewelry. She talked to Ryan Johnson. Give me some space <laughs> jewelry. Um, yeah, I love it. And, and, you know, especially I thought it, Force Awakens, it served its purpose. She's a military leader, general. Um, and at the end of the movie, she switches into the stuff and, and it's classic. Like, you know, it's part of that's part of the legacy of Leia is different yeah. looks and different figures. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, this one. This do you think I'm totally off base? No, or do no, you no, get no. a little bit of, of no, you're not. homage to uh, to Luke and, and Anakin's dark clothing choices it's, and aesthetics? It's very Anakin Revenge of the Sith. Right, it's got it's got that energy in the shoulders, mm-hmm. and that cut of the the cowl is like not cowl, yeah. but the uh, the neckline is sharp. I was just looking at that lightsaber a little closer too. Yeah, um, I I don't. Yeah, especially I don't know if it's a dress or pant or anything, but yeah. like belt up. I mean, it looks like some of that uh, promo shots of Hayden Christensen going into Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to go to the dark side. I just think it's no, real. No, no, no. I, I think they're far too thoughtful. Like that's got to be evoking something. There's going to be yes. maybe a little bit of context or maybe you just the costume designer just wanted to be like, yeah. Hey, if Luke and Anakin were always choosing, uh, going into the fashion, the Jedi fashion store and going yeah. black. Yeah. Did that translate <laughs> yeah. to Leia a little bit? I, I, yeah, I hadn't really focused on that. Thanks for that. Cause that's, 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 it's a really good look. And I'm intrigued by that light. So I mean, I, I, I'm more convinced, uh, we, 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 do, speculation is something we love doing, but we're always talking about how we want to do it responsibly, blah, 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 get it by the shirt, <laughs> by the shirt. But I think I really got, I get, I think I'm behind your idea of, of, of if she had something to do with it and, yeah. and, and just giving, uh, giving it back. Yeah. And saying, take mm. this. It's, uh, it's already, I'm, I'm like getting emotional and it's your idea. Oh, uh, yeah. And who knows? Yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, that might not be it at all. And we yep. will let it go if that is the case. But yes. yeah. Uh, you know, one thing from Duel that I wanted to mention okay. real quick. Uh, so we've got that great emperor line. And then we have a, a scene of that uh, little uh, droid manipulating character, Babu Frick. Yes. And he's got a little laugh. And I had to play that back 800 times. He's like, is that the emperor or Babu Frick laughing? <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> so I'm just going to put it out there, Ken. Do you think Babu Frick is the emperor? 100%. And Matt Smith is voicing Babu Frick. So <laughs> it all's full circle. It's okay. all full circle. Uh, what Do you got anything else for Celebrate that, uh, that not really. uh, That's, spoke to you? This is the point where I'm like, I started shutting down. I got the Leia thing. There's some other shots that I think we just don't want to discuss. There was a, a Chinese, I believe it was Chinese trailer uh, for the Chinese market. It showed uh, like a little space creature, Ooh. and I didn't see it. And then I saw it because <laughs> the picture started showing up everywhere. And then a friend of mine texted me about it, and 
he's that that particular friend's had a rough weekend uh, debating uh, publicly samurai or western um <laughs> and he texted me and was like i i don't know man that just reminds me too much of the space slug and empire and i was like i, I don't see that as a problem yeah <laughs> The Exegorths are, uh, <laughs> yeah. are about the galaxy. You're going to find them. Star Wars and weird space creatures kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to pop up. No, so I did see that. And then there was a big one. We're, we're just, we're, we've decided we were excited to see it. Very intrigued. Tantalizing shot. We just don't want to discuss it. Yeah, I think so. Because it's just starting to put the pieces together a little bit too much with yeah. like, if you add up this character, this place, Starts, was, starts to pull it into any sort of speculating just starts to get yeah. into really like putting the movie into a structure. And I think that's where it gets to be a bummer. Yeah. And it was it was a new piece to the puzzle. Yeah. That, that's been going out there. So we are not discussing that. So if you're out there listening and we love you, uh, our, our listeners and supporters and fans, uh, if you're about to tweet us. Yeah, guys, you forgot to talk about. It. Yes. If we didn't talk about it. We didn't want to talk about it today. Yeah, we made a choice. Made a choice. Choice to be better, as Luke would say. Yes, maybe we will revisit after 800 more one-second clips come out. (laughs) Uh, But that said, the next news story, something we do want to talk about. (laughs) And it is a reveal. So if you haven't heard about it, uh, and I even, I kind of vaguely tweeted about it. I was so excited. Joseph, uh, warnings to anyone, click ahead, spoiler alert, we got a nice, on Thanksgiving evening, at least was when I saw it for the first time, a behind-the-scenes legacy of the Star Wars Skywalker saga Mm. video. Really good, really good. A lot of actors as themselves 40 years ago, actors now, a lot of those kind of things. Real generational theme, once again. In the middle of it. And I'll tell you, I, I was I was sitting there napping from Thanksgiving food, and I saw our buddy Still Saunders tweet out something about this, and I was like, what? I literally stood up. <laughs> and my girlfriend's like, what's going on? I go, I think Wicked is back in Star Wars. I go, all right, could you sit down? We're eating it. <laughs> and I was like, and I had to go, and a minute, two minutes, 44 seconds-ish, 43 and a half mark, you see uh, Carrie Fisher and uh, Wicked uh, Warwick Davis on uh, set, Return of the Jedi, and the very next shot is Warwick Davis, aged now of current times, in an Ewok costume, looking at a mask that yeah. looks like older Wicked. And Still and I were DMing back and forth. I texted him, and he was like, no one here at my family gathering is excited. I'm like, same <laughs> over here. And uh, tears of joy started to well in my eyes. Yeah. I, and, 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 I, and I texted Jennifer. I was like, I know you're probably busy. But you got to check this you gotta out. Check this out. Yeah, yeah. I had a slightly different experience. Some somebody tweeted at us, mm-hmm. uh, Four Center, um, of "Hey, did you catch this?" Yeah. And I thought it was. I didn't even see this thing had come out. Yeah. So I thought it was something else. And then uh, I saw other people kind of commenting on it. And uh, some, you know, sometimes it's hard to watch things when you're at home with yeah. another person and. Sarah was listening to something and doing something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I just need to uh, watch this thing and it's going to make noise and uh, I'll tell you about it. Don't worry about it. And she's like, okay, that's fine. I couldn't get it to pause on that shot. Oh, yeah. And if you just watch it, it flows by so, so fast. There's nothing you could see. And I was trying to get it to pause on my phone and stupid effing YouTube on the phone <laughs> has the, when it pauses, yes. it has giant icons that block anything you'd want to. Yeah. F and C. I'm trying so hard not to swear, but I did. I because from Sarah's perspective, she was like, "We're listening to holiday music," and then like, "Hey, can I watch something?" Son of a. Finally got it paused, and it, yes, is it is either 
uh, going back to your Ford commercial, either yeah. uh, there's going to be a Wicket Cologne yes. that they're doing a commercial for, or yeah. uh, uh, Warwick Davis is is back under the mask. Is back under the mask, and look, this is some you know all look all credit to uh, Jennifer Land has been carrying that Ewok torch for a long time. Oh yeah, you and I are fans as well. My journey with Ewoks has has grown and changed, and, and I Jennifer. Jennifer's joy for the Ewoks really opened my heart up to the Ewoks again, where I wasn't like against them, but I was just like, yeah, they're a little part of Star Wars I don't dive into too much. I cannot tell people enough how Jennifer's uh, influence, but also playing Ewok Hunt and realizing <laughs> they're really terrifying. Our Murder Bears t-shirt. Yeah. Um, first person uh, to use that term, Murder Bears, was was, uh, was you around me. I don't, I'm, maybe it existed before. I'd never really heard it used until I you said it. I think it was, uh, yeah. I think it's a case of parallel thinking where lots of people yeah. describing them that way yeah. at the same time. But um, So... I'm really happy and excited. And plus, I love Warwick Davis. He's such a just a part of Star Wars. So this idea that it could be back because we've been joking here for a while. Give us Chief Wicked or Princess Nisa and Wicked, a power couple. Bring us Ewoks. Then speculating of are they, you know, are they got the ocean moon of Endor? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Are they on the, the force, force moon, moon as well? Well, they, I mean, in those, uh, the main final trailer yeah. before the 800 commercials uh, has those very distinctive Endor sounds yep. in the helmet, right? The helmet, which I know there's a, the, there's, could be. That could be anywhere, not, right? It could be anything. It could be a helmet that's new. It could be, but it, it definitely is reminiscent of, a, of an Endor uh, uh, Pathfinder. Uh, strike team um and the idea you you and i talked about on one episode of just like leia's in trouble leia needs to hide she needs to hide her fledgling resistance who can she trust in the galaxy how about these murder bears that protected her before right and teamed up to help take down the emperor emperor and empire before it all would make sense yeah and if we're tying up we're tying up nine movies. It'd be very hard to have the wreck of the second Death Star and not have some mention of the Ewoks. Yeah, I mean that's that's close to Rogue One level. Vader's in the movie, but he's just gonna have a business meeting with yes. Krennic. And like, yes. why go that close to And I think when they're physically going that close to the Ewoks, it would be cruel, cruel. <laughs> to, to leave the poor Ewoks so. out. Yeah, I mean I've gone on a journey because we've talked about this on the mm-hmm. podcast as well. I think a degeneration of fans that was the exact right age to be able to speculate in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. had a strong, visceral reaction to the Ewoks. And I had that, uh, I carried that baggage for a long time. Sure. Didn't understand why they weren't more weird aliens instead mm-hmm. of literal, straight up teddy bears. <laughs> and I have, uh, I've always said they would have been better with cat ears, but I've gone on my own journey, much helped, uh, by looking at their murderous ways and also Jennifer's mm-hmm. great love. And at this point, I really, really embrace them, mm-hmm. really, really like them. And I really embrace what you're saying mm-hmm. about Leia going to them. I think that's what makes it for me actually emotional and powerful and not a box ticking Yes. Cool. Hey, we, we saw them in yes. one movie. Cool to see them again. It's not about cool to see them again. Mm. It's about Leia needing help going somewhere. Everywhere she goes, she puts people in, in danger yeah. just by the presence of being there, right? Yeah. So the thought of her going, who is somebody who is just going to have my back and not whine and <laughs> worry about me putting a target on their back? Yeah. The MF and Ewoks, right? (laughs) The Ewoks were like, we're not afraid of your machines. Yeah. We'll get our rocks and our logs and we'll kick your ass. Yeah. Like just this, the spirit 
of the Ewok people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In uh, yeah. uh, kind of a little bit tongue in cheek, but I, I really mean it that they are a great symbol of the spirit of the underdog, right? Yes. In the yes. spirit of being uh, more uh, connected to the world around you in the intuitive and community in a small group of people can stand up to the large, rigid, mechanized force. Yeah. They symbolize all that stuff really, really well. So they're also just a great thematic reset of those ideas of a small band of a tight knit community can make a difference. I love it. And, and we hear a lot of this call for uh, Star Wars lore, which I think is sometimes just a not understood and it's overused phrase. And, and I love it. I love uh, resistance when they mention Terex and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love all that. Um, we've talked about bad, ser- bad fan service, good fan service. But to say the sequel trilogy uh, needs to be more, more connected to Star Wars lore, it's, it's, it, what does that mean, number one? But two, what you just said, like Ewoks appearing in a bar, checking checking a box. Yep. It'd the, be fun, but it's a box fun. check. Yeah. The push, I'm to, I, Ryan Johnson was 119% correct by saying, I could have put Lando in Canto Bite. I could have put him in the hologram. I could have done something to him, but I think Lando deserves better than me just throwing him in there so you can go, that's Lando. Yeah. And if the Ewoks come back, we'll see. But what you're setting up, what we've kind of gotten our heart, even if it's not late, even if Leia's like, look, go to the Ewoks. There's something there that that'd be a powerful use, not a checkbox thing. Yeah. And and also don't forget, every piece of Star Wars lore was new and not connected to anything at some point. <laughs> um, sorry, rant over there. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. It's not it's one. It's just great. On one hand, it's a happy little thing. On the other hand, this could be a great story beat. Yeah. It's also just get it gets me going with the same kind of feelings I had from Force Awakens when you're watching Harrison Ford step back onto the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. and going like the human being Harrison Ford went on the same wild ride that we as fans did and kind of can't believe he's back yeah. here. But by being back here and for all of them, for Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams, it's all of them look looking back too. Yeah. That, that's what this whole piece is about. But for, for yeah. Or Davis, man, 12 year old who wasn't supposed, <sighs> who's only playing this iconic now iconic character of wicked, the Ewok. Yeah. Because somebody else was sick yeah. that day. And it did that, that twist of fate defined his life. Yeah. And now here he is coming back to revisit that specific character. Uh, it just, it, it is these powerful rhythms of that's the storytelling inside the story. Yeah. That's the storytelling for the actors. And that's the storytelling for us. Like when we go to this movie, we're looking back at yeah. who, who we were when we were, you know, whatever age you were when you first experienced star Wars. And for some of us, that's a damn long time. <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> so we're excited. We're excited again. Is it, is it hypocritical talking about some reveal here, but also Joseph, the idea that this was put out in a behind the scenes video that if you blinked, you missed it. Um, sometimes I'm like, was that an oopsie or they yeah. hoping no one would know, or they had to know hey, this is a quiet way to reveal this big thing. I can't imagine that anyone that works on any part of Star Wars does not think that every millisecond will be freeze framed. <laughs> right. Right. I, I think you have to know that. But who knows? Yeah, who it's, knows? A, it's an interesting dance. Yeah. Uh, we've got this uh, new story here a couple of days back, and it's just right up our alley here at Force Center. We want to highlight it, uh, highlight this and not let it get buried in all the wonderful Rise of Skywalker press coming out right now. But E.K. Johnston is back with a book titled Queen's Peril coming out in spring of 2020. It's 
it's a prequel to her book, Queen's Shadow, very well-reviewed and received book. Uh, this was revealed in a, a quick little interview with uh, Dan Brooks on StarWars.com. So, Joseph, Padme mania continues. Yeah. Uh, we got more Padme coming. What do you think about this uh, book, this prequel book? Oh, I'm very excited about it. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, uh, Queen's, I was going to say Gambit. That's not right. <laughs> That's a boat from the television show Arrow. In uh, Her Majesty's yeah, Queen's service. Shadow. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, too many, too many different pop culture references <laughs> fighting in my brain. Queen's Shadow. I love, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, like I said, I was doing this rewatch with my wife yeah. and uh, the Phantom Menace w- was even better yeah. with all the sort of backstory in my mind oh, about yeah. the handmaidens and about the and then attack the clones. My, my wife and I made an agreement of like, she can ask me to pause any time and I will, if she has a question or a thought okay. and I will try not to pause too often. And, but like, <laughs> so we paused and talked about it like, so Ben maybe came the Senator after being queen. What's that about? Yeah. And I was like, well, well. <laughs> whole book. So, uh, I think that, uh, EK Johnson has done a, a really great job of taking the tip of the iceberg, the clues and the ideas and, and quick throwaway lines that are in those movies and really building out a rich, complex, interesting world for these characters. Mm. So because I love that other book so much, I'm really excited for how this is going to add to think that I get to watch the Phantom Menace, mm. you know, in whatever a year from now, uh, yeah. a couple of months from now and have it be enhanced by the oh, ideas okay. from this prequel that make book makes me really excited. There's a lot of fertile ground in the backstory uh, and just the story in general of Padme. We know and, and the the classic handmaidens kind of coming back. We get a, the new batch kind of shows them attack the clones. And that's yeah. what the uh, Queen Shadow kind of dealt with some of the handoff. But the the classic uh, batch, she talks about how this is uh, you can see how Panaka got some of his gray hair dealing with this <laughs> queen. Uh, and, and, and possibly a trade federation showing up in some way, shape yeah. or form. So a uh, 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 a Phantom Menace prequel, it would seem. Right. So yeah, because that the, yeah, that's juicy because the, the we know Sheev's motivations for mm-hmm. wanting Naboo to be uh, in jeopardy. Yep. But how he engineered the Trade Federation to specifically have a beef with right. uh, Naboo, and that's the planet that they are blockading. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say if Trade Federation showing up, Sheev can't be too far behind. Nope. Oh, nope. One would one would think not. Uh, and I hope that we get to hear about more about Paulo. Oh, yes. The boy she kissed. The boy she kissed. <laughs> um, that is coming out. Like I said, I think it's in May 2020. Uh, but the important thing is back very under the radar. Just all of a sudden, boop. Surprise. Yep. Here we go. Uh, final story of the day. This is this is not just Star Wars story. This is kind of a life story. Billy D. Williams in the headlines. He said, and I'm reading directly uh, from a story here on Out.com. He said this. He came out as uh, gender fluid. And I said this exactly. He says, uh, I, uh, I say... Oh, wait, where's the full quote? There we go. Uh, he says, uh, I say himself and herself because I also see myself as feminine as well as masculine. I'm a very soft person. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. Uh, this kind of started making the rounds at 82 years of age. Uh, I, uh, Billy D is, is, this is, I don't want to say not surprising, but I was just like, He's so Lando to me, and this is so Lando in a way yeah. that he's just like, yeah, this is who I am. And kudos to Billy D at 82 going, yep. 
Here's yep. who I am. This Here's is who I am. I am. Yeah, I read. I, I, I read. There was a tweet that had sections of the e- interview. Yes, yes. I'm uh, trying to find that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. The, so there are a, f- a couple of fun details that you know. Of course, he looks cool. Uh, he is sipping a cocktail that is vodka in emergency. <laughs> 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 and he talks earlier in the interview about the question of like, well, you are the symbol of cool. What is cool? And he's like, well, just be yourself. And yes, sorry, I, go ahead. Yeah. I think that's so great because I think that's what all of these discussions about what mm. gender means to different people yes. and how complex it can be is to me, that's the spirit of it is, well, what's, what's your truth? Yeah. How, how do you understand your own gender? How do you understand gender is a concept in society? And it all comes back to just being yourself and that's your truth. And, and yeah. I think it's great that we can learn from one another by hearing all of these individual perspectives yeah. on such a complex concept. Here is the full, here is the one I says, I asked that question you just said there. I never tried to be anything except myself. I think of myself as a relatively colorful, colorful character who doesn't take himself or herself too seriously. And then goes on to explain uh, the quote I said uh, after that about uh, how he has uh, seen himself as feminine as well. So yeah, there it is. And, and, Again, fits in uh, the stuff around Solo, John Kasdan, the, the pansexual stuff with Lando. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where he, John drew that upon. You know, it was just something he felt as a writer yeah. that, it, that was part of this character that he felt. And again, it wasn't really shown on screen too much, but but uh, stated by Kasdan. Um, and so what I the human and the character are not the same. So when I read the story, I was like, well, yeah. Didn't they already say, oh, no, it's, it's Lando, but <laughs> Billy D is Lando, and he never left him, and it just makes sense that it uh, would fuel that there. Yeah. And um, also, <laughs> I'm waiting for the silly, stupid YouTube videos of someone blaming this on Kathleen Kennedy. This is the <laughs> stupid part of this thing we deal This with. is Billy D. Williams is being Billy himself. D. You got an issue. Take it up with Billy D. while yeah. he sips his vodka in emergency. He's the coolest and, of the cool. Uh, that's just such a great message across the board is how to be cool. Be be yourself and and be clearly comfortable and proud and honest, right? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's com- a complete uh, uh, command of his life, and he goes on to talk about uh, a lot of the movies he was in. Brian Song, which is very it's a sports it's a sports picture based on the the true story uh, of the death of a Chicago Bear, Gail Sayers, Brian Piccolo, and he talks about uh, that being a love story, uh, just not a physical love story between two men, and just it's, it's been part of him. All his life, and it's great that at 82, he's uh, back as Lando and living his best life. Yeah, can't wait to hear that that big laugh that he's got in the trailer as he comes best. flying in in the Falcon. The best. So great. So that's uh, that's a look of news. Uh, we could go on, but we're not going to. We're going we're gonna to try to get to the main show here, but not before we have our Four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us joseph we've been talking about this book a lot more again as it ties to a lot of uh, things in mandalorian alphabet squadron what's our choice today our choice is the entire aftermath trilogy by chuck wendig you can of course uh, start with just the first book aftermath uh in like ken just said it's a, it's a really interesting read slash listen because it does tie to so much that's going on in i think rise of skywalker I think uh, certainly in The Mandalorian and all sorts of great Star Wars lore. So that is our recommendation. The Aftermath Trilogy by Chuck Wendig. There's that lore. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. 
And before we get to our main story, though, we're going to take a quick break. So stick around and force center on the other side. A look at character arcs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And like the Jedi, we have returned. But we're not here to talk about Return of the Jedi. We are here to talk about character arcs in the sequel trilogy. Ken, I'm, I'm excited about this topic. Are you, are you excited? I, I'm excited about all the <laughs> topics, but I'm excited about this one because it's also not just a great deep discussion type of uh, topic, but it's a good reminder. 
of what do we what do we have going on? What are the pieces on the uh, the Jared board? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what pieces might get tipped over? Yeah, part of the reason that it occurred to me as well is because you know I think it's a, a term that almost anybody who loves storytelling they know the term character arc, mm-hmm. um, but when you start to dig into it, to me it gets into the real technical writing choices. And how those relate to the Skywalker saga films in particular. And I try to be open to lots of criticism, but the criticism that always bugs me is lazy writing. Right. And I think it's fine if you look at any film and go, I disagree with those choices. They don't work for me. They don't add up. I didn't learn anything interesting about the character, blah, 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 blah. But the act of constructing a plot in which multiple, multiple characters also have character arcs is an incredible amount of work. And even if you don't like the end result, I think you should appreciate like, this is why it was constructed this way. Cause we wanted to leave yeah. room for this character to go through this so that they could then experience this. Mm-hmm. So looking at the films from the prism of who has, who actually has a character arc versus yeah. other just conflicts and impacts on their character, mm-hmm. I think helps you appreciate the complexity of the story that's being told. Right. Uh, besides just the, Hey, what is going to happen in episode what, what's nine? Gonna happen <laughs> episode nine? What's next? Yeah. So, uh, to, to get us uh, started out, uh, this is the actual definition of character art from Wikipedia. And to share the old joke, it must be true because yes. it's from Wikipedia. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their definition is a character arc is the transformation or inner journey of a character over the course of a story. If a story has a character arc, the character begins as one sort of person and gradually transforms into a different sort of person in response to changing developments in the story. So to me, there's a big difference between a character faces conflict Hmm. or they learn a piece of information and they act on the information or they kind of get a, a new shade of understanding. There's a little bit of character growth. Or there's characters who part of the joy of them is they are steadfast. They are in a good place. They're good characters. And what is going to happen, these are like a lot of Superman and Captain America stories, right? right? Where they are challenged, but because they're already very good, uh, fully formed characters and and people, the tension is, will they stray from the path? Right. And they don't. They're they're steadfast characters. That's what makes them kind of different and unique. Uh, So I wanted to highlight those differences so we have kind of vocabulary to talk about what actually happens to people. So, like I said at the very top of this episode, it would be great to do an episode about the arcs in the entire (laughs) Skywalker saga, but we don't have uh, the time. What I do want to talk about is I personally feel there are more character arcs in the sequel trilogy Mm. than there are in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, which is a part of the reason that the structure of the movies is different, is to make room for all these character arcs. Like it. Yeah. So for you, mm-hmm. with the definition of character arcs, who, who do you think has an actual arc in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy? Oh, I think the the, the most the easiest one that comes to mind for me is Han Solo's arc. That's the one I gravitated to the most as a kid. Uh, obviously, Luke goes on this journey, but uh, as far as... I Luke Luke's an arc to me, but Luke is a, is is it's it's like a mountain. He's he's like that old Price is Right game. He's a mountain hiker going up, <laughs> starts from here, and he ends up here. Challenges along the way. Where 
where Han really just have, has has this classic arc to me that, that that speaks to me. Leia to me is very steadfast. Uh, represents that. Yeah, uh, I sound like I'm using a word of the day calendar. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. She knows who she is. She knows what she she knows who she needs to be and who she needs to continue to be in the face of it all. So that's their prequel trilogy. Um, Anakin's is a downwards slide, um, but it is a character arc. arc. He starts one place. He is changed. Yes, <laughs> an arc isn't always positive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, I think Obi Wan's is interesting to me because we know where it ends up. We know where he needs to be, and his is a. It's like a. It's a crumbling in a way. His arc is. A, it starts. Learning and and being the poster boy for the the Jedi Order and things go around and how do you deal with that? How do you accept that? And what mistakes do you make? And and he ends up in a very different place, uh, especially where we pick up that story. So and and then Dex, the, yeah, Dex, Dex, clearly. yes, yes. Uh, he starts <laughs> in the stasis of the kitchen and yes. he goes through a transformation into Stead sitting fast. at the booth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I think for me they're definitely like character arcs that are like. Yes, of course. Luke changes from uh, yeah. from the the battle is too far away to I believe in a mystical force and I want to fulfill my father's destiny. Just in the first movie, right? Yeah. He starts yeah. from a Jedi is a, a warrior, and that's what I want to be. An Empire Strikes Back and ends up at oh, that's not mm. what this is about. Uh, so you go through all of the different arcs. I think what is interesting for me is to look at the characters that they learn a new piece of information or they're kind of challenged, but they don't really have an arc. Hmm. I think the only movie that Leia has an arc in the original trilogy is Empire Strikes Back because she is denying that she wants to open herself to romance and that she loves Han Solo Mm -hmm. and that she goes through that transformation. Yeah. In A New Hope, she goes through a lot, Yes, but she's just the, I'm the leader and I need to take care of business. Right. To me, kind of the same in Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah. Um, In the prequels, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of my very, very favorite characters. I think he's pretty steadfast. Mm-hmm. He learns stuff. He's hurt by things. Yeah. But from the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, he has a lot of confidence in Anakin. Right. Because he even says to Mace and, and Yoda, like, he's never let me down. I don't think he's going to let me down. He, he finds out that Anakin <laughs> let him down. Not so much. But his yeah. response is to just be steadfast, mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. just say, well, I, I, I am a Jedi. This is what I believe in. He almost literally yells it at him. This is what I believe in. I, the Republic. Democracy. Democracy. I will do what I must. Yeah. He he is affected. Mm, yeah. He's hurt. He's wounded. But he doesn't change. Yeah. He's still, he's still Obi-Wan, right? Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting about this TV show oh, is yeah. we know by the time we see him in A New Hope, by the time we see him in that great Rebels episode, we know he's gone to, through some growth and change. And it's implied, mm-hmm. and how could you not go through that experience right. in change? But I don't think we actually, like, from a technical definition of character arc, see it on screen. We're going to get into it. You're saying, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. And that's what's, <laughs> talk about the Kenobi series. Yeah. Uh, that's what's so exciting to me. Even Qui-Gon in The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. he dis- his big change is he discovers Anakin. Yeah. And he becomes committed to the belief in him. But that's not radically different than when we met him. No, he's already kind of like be mindful of the moment, the living force. You know, already a Jedi outside of the yeah box, so to speak. And maybe you can argue that him being really mindful of the being in the moment 
uh, changes because then he's obsessed with the prophecy about the future. Maybe you could make Maybe. that argument, but uh, I guess the the point being, I think there are a lot of steadfast characters or characters who have a little bit of growth, but not the part of the point of the movie is to go inside these characters and see how they're fundamentally changed by the right. events of the movie. Right. Which uh, happens a lot in the sequel trilogy, I think. So let's dive in uh, to The Force Awakens. So uh, I don't have a lot of questions. I mostly just kind of want to go through each character and just kind of kick it back and forth a little bit about our thoughts about the nature of their arc, or if it's even there. So Force Awakens, starting with Rey. So from my perspective, Rey goes from being a no one who is just Mm -hmm. looking to be returned have her family returned to ultimately accepting the call of the hero's blade and accepting that she has some amount of power yeah how do you see ray's arc in the force awakens i i more than anything i see her she overcomes a fear that she doesn't to me, doesn't know she has what I always love focusing on here. So she does want to, she puts on the helmet, she daydreams. And we know that she wants to, she doesn't feel she has a place in the story and she learns that she does. And then, like you just said here, accepting the call of the hero's blade, to, to accept it, she has to overcome the idea that she does not want to leave. She's in a, not the greatest place, but she's in a comfort zone. And I think she has to face that confront that and you know the job of the jedi is to confront fear right we're hearing <laughs> that hearing that rumor going around um so that's what's most interesting to me about her arc and we've talked about the differences between the movies and everything uh, and what force awakens puts out there that's new it's 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 luke was once he commits he is gas uh foot on gas pedal yeah uh let me figure this out until he learns later on whereas you know again she she is trapped by her routines she does not want to leave she thinks she does she might even say she does but then when she leaves i gotta get back i gotta get back i gotta get back and and the uh, fear of the future fear for place and once you know your place and it that that can that can be really daunting right so it's that's that's her growth is to finally what you the word you used accepting is what's most exciting to me yeah calling the blade over against kylo yeah what a powerful moment boom like and she's got that look like it's mine it's here yeah it it came Uh, to me i don't know what i'm doing quite yet (laughs) even kylo's getting her that little lesson about using the force that maz told her so um definitely inspiring yeah I think that's what's what's, uh, one of the powerful things about Ray's arc. What makes it different is she has acquired lots of skills from her rough life Mm -hmm. on Jakku, right? And she has no problem throwing down and having a fight with Unkar's thugs to defend BB-8. She is, uh, you know, knowledgeable about ships and piloting because she's been a scavenger her entire life. She has these skills. What she doesn't have is sort of a faith in herself. Yes. And she wants to just, it's such, in some ways, good fairy tale, very straightforward storytelling of her mm-hmm. stasis is that she literally doesn't want to leave yeah. physically where she has been. And then she wants yeah. to return to that, that place. Yeah, and then, you know, Maz gives her that great, the belonging you seek is not behind you. Mm-hmm. It is ahead. And I think, you know, giving her room to grow more in last Jedi mm-hmm. and certainly rise of Skywalker all she really accepts is the possibility that there is more to her story. That is, there is more to her abilities. There is more to the possibility of a future 
away from Jakku. Yeah. Right? Because basically, she just wants to go back to Jakku. She touches the saber. Mm. This entire world explodes into her mind and she literally runs away yeah and says i don't want to touch that i don't want to be a part of it so when she's accepting the lightsaber it's not just cool the force woke up i got a weapon yeah it is this you are a part of something larger Mm -hmm. in acceptance internally right yeah that that's the big internal change of yep i'm gonna i'm not meant to just hide on this planet i am meant to go out here and confront who, who I am and what my place is in yeah. the galaxy and will I ever find belonging. Yeah. And then uh, good, you know, hopefully ble- uh, bleeds into some delicious obstacles of, of feeling alone and feeling uh, in the story, but not part of it yet or part of the story, but alone in that story. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to in nine. Yeah. That final chapter. Yeah. And just uh, one final thing on, on Ray's journey. I think it's powerful to think of, well, she's acquiring all these skills Mm-hmm. But in her mind, she's just waiting for her parents to come back to her. Yeah. Think, imagine the contrast of just waiting your, for your parents to come back to you versus you are flowing with power and you have no one to tell you how it works or what to do with it. Yeah, the, Your parents aren't important. It's you and your power that's important. That's that's scary, right? I think especially through the fact that she always felt something was there. Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love that stuff. I love this idea of the force awakening, a force awakening inside her, too. Uh, and some of the skills she already has, you know, JJ has been very, you know, well, I won't say clear, but he's answered that question somewhat directly of uh, her powers. And yeah, you know, imagine that. Yeah. She Might does seem to have a lot of powers it. real fast. Doesn't hmm. mean she doesn't have already skills, but the fact that the force comes in and guides her way and, and, and the fact that she, she uh, becomes more powerful. The, the the interrogation scene, the use of the mind control early on, um, uh, that's gotta you. That all lands in your lap. Oh man, you're gonna want to run back. Yeah, you're gonna want to one. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, it, we'll talk a little bit more about Ray uh, when we get to the Last Jedi. But let's yeah. talk a little bit uh, about Finn. So mm-hmm. Finn, uh, to my perspective, goes from an allegedly brainwashed stormtrooper to a caring and devoted friend who would do anything for Ray. So mm-hmm. is that your take? Yeah, it, it is um, this idea that he hasn't had connection and he's lived in the sterile environment. He's a number, all those things we know. And then and connecting the, the, the well, I was going to say human touch, human connection could be anything in that galaxy, including a droid, quite frankly. Um, and, and to see him, how how that that awakens him because he runs away f- from fear as well. There's a lot about a lot of fear at play here. Yeah, um, that's one of the I think misconceptions is he doesn't go ah being a stormtrooper we do evil things on Bolton. He doesn't like the things he's affected by it, but he's in trouble and he's caught. Yeah, Kylo stares at him. Phasma's like report to my unit. Yeah, you, hand in you, your blaster. Your, your gun was broken, right? Right? Was it broken? No. All right, we're gonna check it out. And he's got to get out of there, not for some noble cause, but the cause is his own f- fear. So to go from that to connecting and uh, defending and willing to die for this uh, a friend, uh, this new friend, and uh, you have a name and you have all this. That is. Uh, 
So it's it's the most warmest of, of character arcs for me in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Just a, a hug, man. He just needed a <laughs> hug. Well, yeah, in terms of like the how, right? Because mm-hmm. these things, uh, we talked uh, about some of the, you know, stimulus that Ray went through yeah. uh, with the encountering the lightsaber and Kylo and that and, and Han and all these beats along the path. I love that Finn is fairly explicit. We we in in Maz's castle we do get a um a jam up of uh mm-hmm. heroes not answering the call. Yeah, yeah. Uh and Finn has that great spiel to Ray where he says, They trained me to be a killer. Yeah. I didn't I realized I didn't want to do it when they sent me out to do it, and then I ran right into you. Yeah. So it's not just that they are friends and that, but that that he made this very specific connection with Ray as she is a picture of the other, another way to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. that, that seems to me to be like one of the inciting things of him saying, Oh, if I'm not going to be a killer, look, I ran into this random person Mm. who is caring and competent and, you know, saw me as a, saw me as a human being I mean, obviously it happened with Poe too, yeah, but Poe, it makes yeah. this different connection with Ray mm-hmm. and that idea of being seen by Ray as a human mm-hmm. with a name and yeah. without the armor that that makes him really bond with her and it gives him that character because he, he changes internally just from somebody who's like, I don't want to be a stormtrooper to mm-hmm. I will do anything to save this person. That's my that's my goal. Yeah. Right now, yeah, he was all set to run away, man. He, he and uh, Idan Sithano, Ithano was we're heading out. Yeah, Sidon Ithano, excuse me. Uh, and uh, you know, so he sees the planet Hosnian Prime blow up, all the stuff. And, uh, right there, where's Ray? Where's Ray? It's the first thing on his mind. It's not just go get that first order. Yeah, it's like they did an extra bad thing. Yeah, yeah like he certainly knows what's going on. It certainly yeah. affected him, right? He's like, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. We gotta hide. We gotta yeah. go live in some part of the galaxy <laughs> where they can't find us. Yeah, we'll find Ray, and we yeah. will get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kylo, let's talk about Kylo. Okay, uh, what do you feel his his arc in the Force Awakens? In the Force Awakens, I I, I, I fear fear. Well, fear <laughs> fears at play. Well, uh, uh, I feel his arc Freudian is Kylo. Slip. Yeah, is 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 uh, this descent into. Uh, I, I guess uh, uh, conflict within himself, descent into confusion, descent into chaos, starting from he is this masked villain that we know so well in Star Wars, not just Vader. Uh, all the villains wear dark robes and very sure of themselves and <laughs> and have great powers. And I love the teardown of Kylo, and I love the reveal. This is why he's, he's one of my favorite characters in the franchise now, is just this reveal uh, of he starts so sure of himself, so sure of what he's trying to accomplish, so sure of what he feels he can be to, uh, truth is, I don't know. I don't know who I am, uh, but I know what I don't want to do. And I know that lightsaber belongs to me and all these things to have it kind of break down and, and, uh, find himself, uh, completely on liquid ground from in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. He's on rock. You know who he is. He's telling Lord Santeca, whatever. He cuts him down. Right. You're so right about who, so who I am. I'm, yeah. I'm the, you know, progeny of Vader. It doesn't bother him, but then it slowly, slowly, slowly starts to bother him and ripping him apart. And at the end of, uh, in the force awakens, not only is he defeated, scarred and on the ground, but he, he, he is in more conflict. He's so unsure. 
it's a just like I said descent for me it's a descent into kind of chaos yeah uh, I think that's a great way to look at it because you're 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 uh comparing the mask of Kylo Ren of what he's projecting mm-hmm. of like, I am this strong, confident monster. And I am even kind of saying to Lord Santeca, I know who I am. I am, yeah. I am a Vader and that that's my lineage and that's yeah. who I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to do to yes. On, on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> cut and cut, confused. Cut and confused. Uh, I think there is something in his, uh, the complexity of his arc that I like because we start to get to see him is, as Snoke later calls him, the child in the mask. He is somebody who wants to be a monster, yeah, but is feeling the pull to the light. Mm-hmm. And he is afraid he will never be as powerful as Vader. In the movie, it's set up as something that, you know, not even a master of the Knight of Ren has ever managed this. But yeah. the power to me is Vader, in the history of Star Wars, failed to kill his family member. Mm-hmm. Failed to kill Luke. Right. It came back to the light. So for Kylo to say, I'm afraid I'll never be as good as Vader. I'm going to do something he didn't manage to do. Yeah. I'm going to kill a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to kill a loved family member. And I think it, that funnels into the, the arc you're talking about where he's like, I deep down, I know I'm playing at being a monster mm-hmm. deep down. I'm playing at being the heir to Vader. This horrible act will complete my character arc, yeah. my transformation, and then immediately feeling like, whoopsie, nope, it <laughs> didn't. I didn't do anything. It did yeah. not suddenly unlock the mysteries of the dark side. It did not suddenly allow me to be complete and whole. Does you know? We can debate whether it makes him more of a monster. Yeah, but I think yeah. what it, what he was wanting to magically happen by doing this horrendous thing doesn't happen, mm. which uh, I yeah. think it gives weight to your great interpretation of starting confident that I'm going to do this frightening thing that I feel weak. I feel the pull of the light. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I'm yeah. going to do it. Going to do it. And then I'm going to, and that will mean a dark victory of some kind for me. And it, it uh, on, on makes him right. Is yeah. That the way I can't remember. Yeah. 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 Just sit in the chaos. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's, it's, it's, uh, he's he's flailing at the end. He's injured. He's broken. He's flailing, and he's so far away from where he is. I uh, love it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the character that everybody thinks of and knows is Kylo Ren's dad, Han Solo. <laughs> Han Solo. Uh, and I think this is where it starts to get interesting. To look at these sequel movies because not yeah. only are they giving more of the characters, younger characters, full complete character arcs. Than I personally perceive an original and prequel yep. trilogy. Yeah, well, but yeah. also generationally, mm-hmm. Han's got a, a character arc as well. Yeah, what do you feel is his arc? You were talking about in the original trilogy. His is one of your favorite. Yeah, what do you feel is his arc in The Force Awakens? Uh, it, it's still one of my favorites because it shows that you, your nature is sometimes your nature, and you have to work really hard to break it. Uh, his is his arc is he has run away what he feels is for good. Uh, where in the past, I think he would have not, not run away, but not gotten involved because he, he feels it's above it or doesn't want to get involved. The smuggler, I'm trying so hard to be the smuggler. Hey, it's a little like father, like son, right? Uh, here's something I think I am. I'm gonna. Tre- I am a bad guy, man. I'm a scoundrel. <laughs> Um, but he gets pulled back in because he knows he's got his heart. I, I feel in Force Awakens, he's not running away because he's trying to be cool. He's running away because he has failed. He is shamed. He is broken. And to it's like he doesn't feel he's worthy 
uh, anymore. Yeah, I used to be Han Solo. You know? Yeah, um, even that line of uh, Leia doesn't want me around. Leia doesn't want me. It's not confident cocksure, Han. Yeah, that's there, obviously, uh, but but it, it it's I, I've sinned too much. I've I've messed up too much. I can't go back. Uh, and then having to realize you have to go back because it's his nature uh, and a lot of things. But then his wife gives him, you know, this final task, go get our son, something he failed to do. And now now he has no choice. So to me, the arc is is leads up to this moment of of the growth's already in me. I've, I've gone through it. I know I, I need to go back to it and where he's. He's at a, he's he's in a pathetic state at the beginning of Force Awakens, or it, when you see him, he's, yeah. he's in a pathetic state. Yeah, in a, I think in a way that is good surface mm-hmm. level fun entertainment of it. Like, yeah. oh, Han Solo, oh, you're Han in Solo. you're in it again. You mm-hmm. borrowed money from two people. You can try to yeah, yeah. you know fast talk them and all that. And yeah, all, it's it's all cool, but it is also you're right. There's no glamour. There's no swagger of mm-hmm. like yeah, I'm the captain of the Millennium Falcon. He's like. I don't know. I'm I'm collecting monsters for King Prana in this yeah. big old clunky ship. Yeah. All right, I'm just yeah. I'm just getting through my day. I did not expect the day to go <laughs> this way. <laughs> yeah, this is not the way I expected this yeah. day to go. All yeah. that stuff. It's not a glorious return to yeah. the cool smuggling. No, there there is a little bit of a vibe of it of like if you partied hard in, the, in your twenties and it was kind of yeah. cool, and then you go back to that in your sixties, <laughs> you're like, really uh, cool. Uh, yeah. How much uh, flavored vodka do you drink? <laughs> awesome. Awesome 60-year-old. Uh, yeah, so I totally agree with that. I think there is this um, there's this feeling of, uh, yeah, I've, I've climbed this mountain before. Yep. I know how to do it, and I know I need to do it. And I think the joy in watching it is knowing that he went back to this just because he felt lost right yeah he even says that we just we, we both went back to what we you know i yeah. went back to what i knew best sure. what i was best yeah. at um in this feeling like i i can't help i can't get through to ben no leah doesn't want me around she just she sees him when she sees me and i'm just gonna bum her out i'm i'm gonna get out of here mm-hmm. uh and then to go to being um triggered by orphans yeah ray and I think to a lesser extent, Finn, but mostly Ray, yeah. you know, seeing that this is the kind of character that he's always been like, I was that kid. Yeah. I, that's why I helped Enfys nest. That's why I yeah. offered Luke to run away from Yavin and join me instead of fighting the Death Star. Yeah. You know, it's his constant state of looking out for orphans and yeah. Ray is a total orphan. And then, the, you know, Leia obviously does give him the mission to bring back her son, but his son has become... Mm the lost orphan in a way who doesn't, doesn't have a place to belong. Uh, so I think to see him go from, yep, I returned to smuggling to no, there are people who need me. Yeah. There are challenges I have to face. I'm going to save the galaxy and I'm going to do the thing that is hardest for me. I'm going to try to save my son and, and face that shame. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just face face reality, face the truth. And I think that's where his arc becomes different than it's not just him just relearning Mm, what he went through in the original trilogy. It's this deeply personal again, you know, that difference between external conflict versus internal change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know I need to risk everything Mm. to face my son because for me, that is my greatest fear. That is my greatest challenge is to, be totally 
open and emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, to join the resistance, to join back up and going, and, you know, he's happy and he clearly wants to help. That's, um, you know, we got to help our friends. Let's go back and blow the thing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like his greatest fear. Maz, when Maz is needling him and, and kind of like, you got to go back, it's, 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 it's a little of, yeah, there's a fight coming, but like, you're running away from your wife, man. You're running away. Like, get yeah. back there. Yeah. <laughs> get back there. Get back there. What are you doing? And he does. Uh, do you feel like there are any other full character arcs where character starts in one place, faces something both external and uh, internal, and they are internally changed by the end of the movie? You know, um, not really. Poe, there, there's some... some you know, Poe is on the sidelines a little bit in Force Awakens. We, yeah. we know the story now. Maybe the character was going to be killed off, but then, hey, you got Oscar Isaac. That'd be stupid. Um, so uh, Hux, you know, for better or worse, is kind of, he is what he is. So Steadfast. Steadfast, steadfast whiny space Nazi. Yeah. So, uh, and I was going to say, well, BB-8, but no, BB-8, I'd say, is the is the steadfast of them all, man. The yeah. Steadfast of them all. He, BB-8 knows, uh, like R2 in a way. So... Not so much. Yeah. And I feel like that's fine. Yeah. I feel like Leia goes through trauma, Trauma, a ton of trauma, but it doesn't change what she is going to do next or her understanding of herself or the world around her. Yeah, Which is true to Leia's character. Yeah. Like you just talked about in New Hope and Jedi's particularly. Yeah. That's what she is. I I get business done. Yeah. And and again, um, just talking about Kylo Ren, Vader's a great character, but just look at New Hope. 12 minutes of screen time, whatever is Darth Vader is not going through any changes. Right. I think that's the thing is like, yeah, um, huge things happen to him. It is a uh, huge for him to face his old master. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi huge for him to defeat his old master. Huge. Right. He seems to be having some issues with the death star, yeah. but there's nothing in the filmmaking that invites us Mm-hmm. inside his perspective, right? Yeah. We we can write novelizations where you go in and that story could facilitate a character arc. Yes. But the way the, the movie That's is good. shot and told and presented, there aren't yeah. long ling- lingering uh, shots of his helmet <laughs> to oh. try to get inside his mind. Yeah, and he starts as, uh, I'm the best, and then he ends with... Uh I'm the best, and, and then, uh, you know he gets bested. Yeah, whoops, whoopsie, not so much. <laughs> Some asshole shot me from yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's not like. And now a scene of Darth Vader questioning everything he knew because of that. <laughs> Should I have killed Biggs? Yeah. Should I have killed Biggs? So my point being, faster. Yeah. There you go. You even get more arcs in Force Awakens than than we deserved as fans. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, dive a little bit into what I think is the character arc bonanza of the oh, Skywalker yeah. saga, The Last Jedi. Uh, so what is your take on Ray? Do you think that she is dealing with similar issues or is it a really a continuation of her arc from force awakens or, or are there elements that differentiate what she's going through in last Jedi from what she went through in force awakens? I mean, there, it, it's very different. It, it, on, on some ways it's a continuation, right? It's, it's still her place in the story. She's still the scavenger going out to the galaxy. You know, part of that's because it happened so fast, but I I think what for me what intrigues me and it's tied a lot into Luke's but just like she shows up with that lightsaber out and in the first in the first time you see it it's wow the scavenger who believes in myths is now the myth she's now part of the myth she's there it's all real she's in the center of it yeah so she comes out of that like she, I'm in the center of it I, I've answered the hero's call I did my job I did my job and then obstacle after obstacle to where. Uh, one little more, like I said, the answer's in her, but she learns a new definition of, of 
of fighting and why you got to be hero and all those kind of things. So it's it's very different to me. It's it's it's. I'm trying to think of it in terms of an arc, but maybe just moves all across the board for me right now. But but uh, uh, you know, it starts uh, her her solid ground, so to speak, is is yay, let's go fight. Yeah, yeah, and maybe Luke teaches her how and the whens and the whys of the fighting and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's a place. a great point that you make about her arc feeling in her mind, somewhat concluded mm. by handing the lightsaber to Luke. Right. She, if things had gone as she had wanted, Luke would have taken the lightsaber and said, yeah. great, I am going to go take up this fight. And, oh, by the way, I sense that you have, <laughs> uh, the the force is awakening yeah. inside you, and you probably have some questions. Yeah. And let me be a total uh, parental figure yeah. and help you through that and give you these answers on the and way to the fight. I'll yeah. teach you some things. And instead it's like, no to the lightsaber. Yeah. I'm only going to teach you why I'm yeah. not going to teach you, yeah. uh, which we'll get to, uh, on his arc. So I feel like that that's a, an amazing place to start. And, and in some ways mirrors Luke having vastly different expectations when he gets to Yoda mm-hmm. of expecting mm-hmm. a great warrior. And instead he's totally questioned and everything right. he understands his way of perceiving things is questioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Yoda forces him to question. But I think uh, uh, there's the continual literalization of the lightsaber, which we talked about if she tries to hand it to Luke twice. Yeah, twice. Um, she kind of metaphorically tries to hand it to Kylo because she thinks she can turn him back yeah. to the light side and then that will help the resistance. Yeah. So she's going through this arc of like trying not to pick up the lightsaber again on a sort of more metaphorical level. She's trying not to be... She doesn't want to be the hero of the resistance. Yeah. She's kind of not believing in herself enough to be the hero of the resistance. Yeah. So we get to the point where she is challenged by Kylo and offered a different path. And mm-hmm. she ends up literally reaching out for the lightsaber to the point where it shatters and saying like, no, I will take it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a little bit of her epiphany moment in the line that you've called out a lot of the moving rocks. Yeah is a little bit of her moment of like, okay, I'm here and I'm the one saving the resistance. I'm stepping in, uh, and taking that responsibility. So I, I feel like there's that kind of like almost literally accepting that uh, I accepted my relationship that I have a relationship with the force through this lightsaber, but I was expecting to just somebody else to go do, do the work, be the hero. And I have to, face taking on that responsibility because neither Luke or Ben Solo Skywalker will take it. Take it. Uh, But then there's also the, the arc from the perspective of her relationship uh, with Kylo and what I think that means about like her own Mm. uh, belonging, right? Because she went, she went to Luke looking for belonging Yes, uh, is because that's what Maz hinted at. Their belonging you seek might be ahead of you. And she said, you mean Luke? Yeah. Um, and then Luke's there's some issues there, and suddenly uh, this uh, monster. Yeah, is she suddenly having the force Skype calls with the monster? Touching hands, finding connection there. She is going to a dark cave that is saying, "You don't have anyone else. Yeah, ever. Yeah. It's just you." And mm. Kylo also saying, "You don't have anyone. It's just you, but you can join me." Yeah. And to me, I think that's like, uh, I, I don't think it's obviously resolved because we have another movie, yeah. but I think where she gets is the 
huge amount of strength it takes to say no to Kylo's handout, right? Yeah. Because she has been looking for belonging everywhere. Her parents didn't come back for her. She found Han, Han and yeah. lost him. She found Finn, and he's grievously mm-hmm. injured. It's kind of got the resistance, but eh, I'm not sure what all yeah. that is. Then Luke kind of rejects her, rejects her, and Kylo's the only one with his hand out. Yeah. And the strength for her to believe in herself and her own perspective enough to say, mm-hmm. I still don't know exactly who I am. I still don't know exactly what I want, but I know I don't want, don't want what you got going on. Even yeah. though I understand you better and empathize with you, if that's really the choice you're going to make is can't just do it. Yeah. kill everyone and everything that makes you feel bad. I, yeah. that's not who I am going to choose to be. So her arc of, of mm-hmm. being strong enough to reject somebody who is going to give her what she's wanted, which is yeah. belonging. Yeah. The whole time. Ex- yeah, exactly. Right. And again, redefining, uh, redefining the hero for her in a way, uh, where the hero is you trust yourself. Yeah. And even then that's going to be hard. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, we've already got the hints that we're going to find her at the beginning of rise of Skywalker of like, well, I'm still don't feel like I totally belong. I'm still not entirely sure for myself who I am. Yeah. I've been through these other experiences that have given me strength, some amount of strength and confidence, mm. but I am still figuring out for myself. Okay. If I'm not waiting for somebody else to come and rescue me, if I'm not taking your hand, Kylo, yeah. then who am I and what am I doing? I'll, uh, I got to decide that for myself. Is that for myself? Yeah. Uh, all right. Some other arcs in the last Jedi Finn, I know you have strong feelings about this one because you you have ended <laughs> I mentioned up mentioned it a lot. You you end up mired in conversations. It sounds like with a lot of people who feel like Finn's journey is the same in the Force Awakens and the Last yeah. Jedi, and you have been very articulate about how they are different. So how how do you see that? Oh, let me stumble through that. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 the vibes are very similar. It's it's the stormtrooper who started uh, as a stormtrooper, by the way, and then and now he's fighting against him. But it, it's that simple attitude of like again go back to takadana he is running away Ooh, the first order blows up five planets hey where's ray we've got to run away farther yeah (laughs) uh the movie starts with literally the first words out of his his mouth or where's ray yeah that's where he starts where's ray his only focus another rat other than that, he doesn't care everything about again he goes back what is he why does he go back to star killer base he essentially lies knows a little bit he's not wrong clearly the planet worked yeah he has no idea how to stop it yeah he's just lying his way to get back to the planet to save ray it's all about ray and that's just good because it should be it's a connection um and and to just it just feels man and and you got you got the we're talking i know we're gonna talk about rose but rose her she's mourning her sister who who committed to this cause who who didn't have to yeah uh and dies and for him to be like good peace yeah oh yeah i'm i'm finn uh thank you may the force be with you uh autographs later uh <laughs> and i gotta run because he wants no part of something bigger than himself ray is bigger than himself yes but he doesn't want any part and just it's just so simple to put in front of it, DJ, don't join. His name says, don't join. <laughs> yeah, he is the devil on one shoulder, right? Yeah, and, and it would work. It would work. That's why that maybe line I've always talked about so powerful from, from DJ. Maybe. You might be right. It doesn't matter if you're right. Yeah. I don't care. I'm on this path. See the world like I do. And he commits to the point that he's willing to lay down his life to save the resistance. Yeah. Now he's in. Yeah. And I think that's similar. 
but different. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, it's it is so different in where he ends up because yeah, he yes. he he becomes committed to not being a stormtrooper and committed instead to being Ray's best friend. Yeah. in the Force Awakens, and in Last Jedi, he goes from just wanting to rescue Ray to understanding why the resistance fights against the first order yeah. and wanting to join, wanting to bring the first order down. Yeah. What do you think is the real, obviously he gets uh, one presentation from DJ of mm-hmm. it's all the same. It's different ships. One person's up, one person's down, but it's just a cycle of war and they're not different from one another. Right. So he's really getting loaded with that. What do you think it is that Rose says or does or Finn goes through that makes him go, no, DJ is wrong the resistance is fundamentally different from the first order. And that's why I want to fight for them. I think, you know, to me, we know where it ends up with the, you know, you know, save who we love, not, not fight what we hate or, you know, yeah. the quote there. Uh, that's where it ends up. And that's fun. But I think before then, cause he obviously commits to it before then. Um, I think to me, I look along the way of her passion and commitment to doing things right just for the father years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really starts it where it's it's a, it's a fun chase sequence, you know. Um, but her taking the the uh, saddle off and everything, and just like because right then at that point they f- it's over, right? They figure they're being caught. That's yeah. what they think's happening. For her to be like, no, it's all worth it. We help these people. We committed to this cause to help these people, fathers. Yeah, I think it starts there. Um, and then just to see what the cost of of not joining is when DJ gives up the information yeah. to look to realize right then at that moment um DJ doesn't care and yeah. his friends are dying and it's no longer just faceless resistance first order it's the friends the people he's met he hasn't been a ton of time with them right. but the concepts there um to know that that that's the cost is their lives. That to me is when it really starts to sink in. Yeah. I mean, certainly there's a connection with Poe, but I just, I think it's so powerful that Rose is the face of here is a real person who was not a warrior. Was not. No one thinks is a legend, lost her sister, Mm -hmm. but has a total, uh, the total bravery and the total just intellectual grasp of this is why we're doing it because the first order comes around and just attacks innocent communities and enslaves them and that is not the same as what we're doing yeah we're just trying to stop that and to have that person put a face on the resistance and be kneeling next to him about to just be yeah arbitrarily killed yeah i think is what really sends it home to him of like oh uh, what i feel for ray that's the whole resistance Mm -hmm. they're all people and they're all trying to stop this uh, monstrous machine that I was a part of. And there, there's even a point when they're talking about the tracker and, and, and uh, the, you know, when Rose after Rose shocks him and everything, the exact quotes escaping me as they always do. But, <laughs> you know, even then his motivation is like, well, Ray can't, Ray can't talk to us. We get, you know, we need to help. We need to get out of this. We need to, where's Ray. Yeah. So wait, they're tracking us. The first order, Ray, Ray is not going to be able to come over here and be safe. Right. That's <laughs> the whole reason he's stopping it. Yes. Ray will join, uh, come back to us and, and we'll, be, we'll being be good. Yeah. <laughs> assaulted by. So there's the, where the motivation still lingering and then it changes. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think a great, uh, I love that rebel scum line per, per, personally. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Poe. Cause I think Poe does have an arc in the last Jedi. Uh, I think it kind of goes from the headstrong cocky pilot to a solemn, thoughtful leader trying to do better. I've heard people have some opinions on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to hear yours, Ken. Do you, <laughs> do you think that is his arc? And, and if yeah. so, kind of how, what, how do you think uh, it plays out? What are the, what are the beats that make it an arc? Uh, the beats are the the opening sequence, which is an amazing Star Wars sequence in terms of just wars and fighting. Yeah. I love it. It's World War II inspired. The bombers, everything. It's cocky underdog against all the big yeah. scary ship. Yeah, and my beloved Tally Lintra. Everything <laughs> is there. But and we're so used to that in Star Wars. It's as if Ryan Jones like here. Here's another battle you love, right? Yeah. It's great. It's great. Guess what? Everyone died, and yeah. you can't have that. And uh, it, to have Leia come back and slap him, literally, you know, <laughs> I remember thinking like, oh, that's uh, what we're doing here. Yeah, I'm going to slap the Ark into you. There was there was things in the comics, the Poe comic that was going into Last Jedi, laying it on the line of like, here's Leia needs a new leader. Leia needs leaders and Poe's the guy. And so, so to me, I was going into the movie like, oh, Poe's going to learn to lead, right? Like and so that is what happens. But I was I was kind of slapped in the face with it. Well, I love that opening of Last Jedi. It's every it's look how cool this guy is, and it cost them everything. Yeah, and they might have died. The fallen matrix might have blown them out of the sky. Yep, he's not wrong necessarily, but he's got to know the costs. And 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 there's more to uh, leadership, you know, uh, right? Um, um, winning and ruling, not being the same things, all those kind of things. And so for him to 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 end up and again it's 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 shown the stuff on crate is is pretty direct yeah of 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 him no we we're all gonna die against this death star tech if we don't turn around we're getting our ass kicked it's very clear it's very overt and sometimes yeah. for whatever reason that sometimes rubs people the wrong way of like we get it yeah well okay that's the point of the story that's, that's the point that's a point of a character arc is yeah. to have them be in a different place. So yeah. in that moment, it pays off really well and it makes a lot of sense. And, and I think from the Holdo stuff, he goes through, you know, I, 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 I think there's a lot of lessons in Holdo and the fail, you know, going down with the ship and, and making a decision and sticking by it and, and going with your gut instinct. But for on his side of it, it's just like, he wasn't, he's he's still in transition so he's still kind of like no nah, i'm a leader like tell me everything that da, 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 da. we're gonna do this we're gonna get it we're gonna send these guys here and i got the plan and they're gonna break and then when when the key moment for poe and last jedi for me is when finn and and rose fail yeah and he says they didn't make it i love that moment yeah that's one of the best moments in star wars for me they didn't make it and on his face he's like oh it's all it's more about cool plans and a leader making an idea like, oh, it's, it's, it opens up so much more to me. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 I think there's so much great stuff going on with Poe because it is the literal like, can you become a leader? Yeah. And like, do you even want to be a leader or is it just you have the responsibility that you're you're charismatic and you inspire people? Yeah. And, people gravitate to it. And you might want to be a pilot that everyone wants to hang out with <laughs> at yeah, parties. Yeah, but yeah. what you need to be is a leader because you have the skill and there has to be a leader. So that really connects him to mm-hmm. Leia and Padme's journey of duty first. Yeah. Um, but then there's that, uh, cost of it. Yeah. Even like, yeah, the cost of it and him, him saying kind of stepping up and going, okay, I'll be a leader. Yeah. I will send Finn and Rose on this 
yeah, crazy yeah. assignment. I got a plan. I got a plan. Leaders uh, have plans. Leaders have plans. But one of the moments that really uh, I really like in Last Jedi is him getting so mad at the idea of we're just gonna run away. Yes, in kicking that chair mm-hmm. and like that—that's what he can't accept. That to him, he is so all in on the fight yeah. that the fight always means fighting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he can't. I I really love the complexity that he can't see it outside of a simple binary. Yeah, of you, you do a daring, crazy mission. Or you run away. Yeah. And what Leia and Holdo together show him of like, no, you very carefully choose yeah. when to run away. And that's what's so great about Holdo is so, he uh, thinks that she is going to, she's just being a coward and running away. Yeah. And then it comes along the moment to show like, in my wisdom, Holdo mm-hmm. says, this is the moment for me to do something yeah. daring and crazy. And I know the cost and I've analyzed it and it's worth it. So for him to get to be able to see it's not this simple. Yeah. It's not crazy fight, blow him up in your starship. Mm-hmm. We, you and I both love that line when Finn is explaining the tracking devices, like, so we blow up the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> not getting past the, like the only answer to anything is yeah. blow it up. Uh, so yeah. for him to learn that complexity of like, I get it. There's a time to fight and there's a time to run away so you can live to fight yeah. the next day. Hmm. That's what what I really like one about of, his arc. One of the underrated moments is is I think it's, it's right before the little mutiny, um, which may or may not be my uh, something I don't love as much as the other things in the movie. But I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it also leads to some great three PO stuff um, and Leia's great return. But right before all that, when he's kind of like, "Hey." Telling Holdo, like, I'm so, I've, I've, Finn and, and Rose are on the way. I got this plan. And she's just like, you what? Yeah. You trusted us? What? Are you crazy? Yeah. And uh, a stormtrooper and a who are doing what? What now? Yeah. And, and it's a funny beat, but I mean, she's she's so right. She's so right. And he doesn't learn that to the, it it it, it, it didn't make it joke. Right. Beat, not joke, but beat. And I think it's an it's it's connective. There's all this right. stuff there. I mean, and Holdo literally says the mission is to survive, and he doesn't hear that. He doesn't listen. Yeah, that's not a mission to him. It's not a mission, and, and that's that's uh, one of the many things Poe Dameron learns. Mm. Let's talk about Rose just a little bit. Uh, I think Rose does go from this um, an idealized view of the Resistance to uh, a little bit more of a complex view. Yeah. I think just from seeing Finn as a hero mm-hmm. uh, to seeing oh no he's a he he's a human. Uh, yeah. And he's got his own issues. Obviously, she loses her sister, so she's going through a lot of trauma. Do you think Rose has an arc? Do you think she is fundamentally different from the beginning of the movie to the end? I think so. It's maybe not the the biggest, brightest, boldest arc, but I think it is, and it's valuable because I think it might be slightly. Uh, uh, there's some beats so much of the Ray stuff of of. You're the answer, right? But but more specifically, that it's 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 this. Uh, she has a pretty clear idea what it is to be a real hero at the beginning of the movie, and at the end of it, she is not only just that, but it's like it's a it's, it's the arc is. I was right. <laughs> My sister was right because um, it's not a bold, arrogant view of what it is. It's she's a, she's a worker bee. She's a very smart, tech savvy worker bee, but she's not supposed to be the hero. Uh, hmm. and, and and but she knows what it is. Her sister's a hero, 
and what you just said really got me thinking about it. it was like here's Finn a celebrity I love that moment it's one yeah. of her moments. I love the Finn the Finn um, I think it's one of her finest moments that's a great introduction uh, and just redefining the hero uh, but 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 she knows the answer so it's like more than more and you know, if you get me wrong it's that slightly different within the Ray thing but just like the you yeah you you're right and to be confident enough that's that's some a growth. Uh, into confidence is an arc to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, uh, yeah, I will give more stock for being an arc because she has she has done brave things, but she's used to seeing herself as the support for the yeah. heroes. And then she gets out there and is being the hero yeah. uh, and accepting that call. And I think in that, in that journey, having that epiphany for like, it's maybe something that she felt but didn't have words for that realization of this is how we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate by, by saving what we love. It's like, yeah, I was right all along. That's, yeah. that's a growth. Cause yeah. it could be from a very insecure for her. It was more s- sad. She's going to just lost her sister. Yeah. yeah. And for my, uh, my lazy writing, uh, mm. uh, rant that, uh, yeah. uh, I cannot let go of, um, no, again, totally respect if you see the way last jedi is constructed and you're like i still just don't like it mm-hmm. but in terms of complex writing to give all these characters arcs and we're not even done talking about the last jedi no. yet but then to have all of them come together in that crate battle where where finn has learned i'm going to be all in on mm-hmm. saving the resistance i'm going to be so all in that i'm going to kill myself yeah to save them and then poe realizing we can't win this fight it's we're just getting more of us killed. Mm. We got to pull out and live to fight another day to Rose saying, I realize that mm. the, the strongest thing for us to do is to save what we love. Not just, not just yeah. attack, but to defend that yeah. Rose is kind of, you know, coming upon some Jedi <laughs> philosophy <laughs> yeah. there. And for all of it to be caught up in the middle of this action moment for those three, three yeah. arcs to dovetail in together that you can dislike it. And that's, Absolutely, your choice and valid, but I just have a really hard time with thinking of that as lazy writing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, anyway, I, I am. That's the sound of me stepping off my soapbox as we continue to talk about arcs. So, Kylo, what's yeah. what's going on with Kylo in the Last Jedi? What's he arcing about? Uh, man, uh, you, you have it here in your notes, and this is uh, my favorite moment in this film. To me, is well, God, there's a lot of moments. <laughs> oh, um. My favorite Kylo moment is 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 is, is committing to the monster, mm. uh, and and it's it's again. I think character arcs are thought of positive romantic comedy stories. <laughs> I don't like love. Love is great. It's in my heart. No, <laughs> Kylo starts with like I know who I am. Oh man, I killed my dad. That don't feel good. My boss is yelling at me. Uh, there's something going on with that girl. I this is weird. I don't like it, but I like it. Um, to <laughs> F it all. Yeah. I'm going to kill it, destroy it all. I'm putting a, and I think we're going to see, put the mask back on. Mm-hmm. I am the only thing I answer to now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Wow. There's nothing, nothing from the past can affect me because I'm just going to wipe it out. I'm, yeah. it, everything needs to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that he goes, uh, as you're saying, you know, from Snoke calling him a child in the mask and like, no, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you a real monster. I'll kill you. Yeah. And I'll kill. Luke and I'll kill everyone and everything, uh, except for Ray. <laughs> <Except for Rey. laughs> and that's an interesting arc because 
clearly what uh, what Ben is tormented by is all of his connections by mm-hmm. what his feelings about Leia and Han letting him down and Luke certainly mm-hmm. letting him down Luke fearing him Luke not being there for him uh to being you know abused and manipulated by Snoke so everything about him is radiating let's cut off all the connections mm-hmm. screw them all except for also <laughs> I'm going to spend a chunk of this movie actively trying to connect to Ray. Yeah. Desperately trying to be seen for who I am by yeah. Ray. Confidently telling her I am a monster and I yeah. want you to understand why it's Luke's fault. Yeah. That's, uh, it's a powerful, full, uh, contradiction. Yeah. Between I want no connections to I, what I really want is to be, is for Ray to take my hand and, Mm. Then what? And then we can be heroes <laughs> just for one day. No, uh, I like what you said. If just uh, it's another wrinkle to it. Of we we know they're connected early on. The the double interrogation scene in Force Awakens. We know uh, she. They're both exposed in a way that, in a way that scares them, and then it becomes a weird comfort for him. He's alone too, and to have her. I like you. Kind of just said something. Just like. In a way, Izzy, I'm not saying this is it, but Izzy kind of like, hey, hey, Ray, Ray, uh, I'm a monster now. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. I committed to it. Remember you told me I couldn't I couldn't do it? I was afraid to? I did it. Yeah. Come rule with me. Yeah. <laughs> and again, we went into the Raylo thing. It could be a, you know, a lot of different connections there, but... Um, I like that. I like that it's like, a, it's like an A arc yeah. or a B arc to the A arc. Yeah. Like, well, and what we you were talking about for Force Awakens that he's starting pompous, even though we know that he is afraid. Yeah, and he takes all these actions, and they don't actually work. Yeah. By the end of Last Jedi, he does truly seem much more consumed by the dark side in oh, almost yeah. the way that he was hoping to be after killing Han. Yeah, and it seems like uh, that a little that he goes from this confusion of Snoke calling him out. Yeah. In Last Jedi too. What is this deal with Ray? I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell her who I want, but you know, the intimacy is good, but is it? And, uh, and I'm convinced that she will break and join me, but that's not what happened to he's, he is a child throwing a tantrum by mm-hmm. the time you get to crate. Right. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. that's even like a, to me, like very much a choice in his delivery as an actor and clearly the director and from Ryan Johnson of just raging, I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. And, and, It'll be the end of everything, and 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 to have it not work, and that seething pit of emptiness on his face after Luke vanishes. Yeah, yeah, love it. So, in a way, I'm tempted to say his arc is that he kind of gets his wish. He he yeah. is successfully becoming yeah. this monster who has nothing but his rage. Yeah, it's like that's what you wanted, and you, you even kind of the yeah. dice disappear from you. So, like, yes. hey, you. You yeah. want you didn't want that family connection. Well, nothing. There it goes. Oh, yeah. you did want a connection with Ray. She said no, and she's literally shutting the door on your force connection. Yeah. Congrats, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster alone. You got everything you wanted <laughs> with no connection. Doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's doing it. Uh, but yes, of course. Obviously, going forward, he, there's more that he wants. Uh, one more big arc to talk about in Last bit. Jedi. Uh, there's a little bit of one. Uh, the, the titular character, yeah. Yeah. The, the Last Jedi, depending on uh, how you want to interpret it. Yeah. You can make arguments for other interpretations, I think. But let's go with the one that Ryan Johnson told Mark Hamill 
Last Jedi yes. is Luke Skywalker. So uh, I think Luke goes from wanting to step away from the battle, clearly, to accepting the need to act. Uh, he seems to really want to communicate this idea of don't look at things romantically, Ray. Look at the harsh reality yeah. of what did the Jedi do mm-hmm. to accepting that people need myth. They need a hero to yeah. believe in all that. What, how, how do you feel about his arc? Do you, do, does it speak to you? Does it yeah. work? It's my favorite. It's my favorite. And, 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 and why, why it sometimes just straight up pains me to hear not, not internet trolls or YouTube comments or anything, but just, um, uh, people I know who are like, hey, hey, last Jedi is so stupid. And they don't know the character <laughs> of Luke. I'm like, oh man, it just was this beautiful, beautiful conclusion essentially to this character's yeah. life. I'm sure obviously we're going to see more. Uh, it really worked for me on a lot of levels. We talk about, keep talking about redefining the hero. Well, here was the hero. And now the, the trauma of that, the trauma of being the chosen, not chosen one in the sense of Star Wars, but like, I don't know how to put it in terms of like sports stuff, but like you see a lot of like first round overall picks, the best youngest player ever to come out. Three years later, they're broken, they're injured, they're they're drug use or something, and they <laughs> and they collapse, and their their parents and everyone have put everyone's put so much pressure on them, and they just collapse under the weight of that. I see Luke at the end of Jedi as he makes such a great choice, but he is to the galaxy this hero, and now he's got the burden of the last Jedi, and he wants to do it. He wants to do it. Yeah. And then slowly, I, th- I I think I joked before Last Jedi came out, I'm like, you know, he looks like he ran away. And this might have been an old council episode. He ran away. But I got to imagine part of it was he was just sick of everyone like, oh, hey, are you that Jedi guy? Can you come <laughs> over here? And uh, my neighbor's being up. Like, I just got to imagine the burden of being the hero caused, led to the collapse, led to the mistakes, led to him acting like he senses the stuff in Ben. He's like, well, I'm the hero, right? I've got to take action. I've got to stop this outside of everything he knows it's possible and everything right. he sees about Ben. And then when it fails, he just collapses under all of it. And so it teaches you about heroes. It teaches about, about what we put on our heroes, uh, people we deem the heroes and the realities. And then, and then, but he, but we still need that concept and for him yeah. to do it under his own, ter- own terms and find a way to do it that keeps in line with what he learned at the end of return of the Jedi. That's what's so powerful to me. Yeah. You know, he was running away. We know from the last Jedi novel, which we kind of sometimes can't count in the film discussions, but just the force was like, you shut yourself off. Yeah. Jerk. I'm finding you. (laughs) You can't do this. Yeah. Know what it did to you, but you're going to have to find a way to get involved. Cause if you didn't, this is what would have happened. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. I think it's, it can be easy to just so focus on Luke's, uh, role in the last Jedi and not take a step back and realize how right this person was that like, Hey, uh, look, I, I tried my best with Ben, but I made this one critical mistake. I raised my blade for even a second and it at least contributed to making matters worse. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's so right that if he hadn't gone out of it, Mm. everything would have been about him. In fact, he left and everything is still about him. He is such a force in the galaxy in reality and in legend Mm -hmm. that everything the First Order and the Resistance are doing is all about finding him. To have everybody look at you and go, you're the one who's going to change everything and make yeah, all the decisions are bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, his, I think true Jedi philosophy is like, I just want to maintain the balance mm-hmm. 
I don't have any faith that if I raise my blade, I'm not going to make things worse. Yeah. And that is like, that's such an understandable philosophy. And it's such the tension of star Wars Mm -hmm. that it so believes in pacifism, but star Wars also so believes in personal choice and you Mm -hmm. have to stand up against evil against things that are truly wrong. And so I feel like Luke, Luke's arc is so complex and mature and interesting, but it is absolutely at that intersection of valuing pacifism Mm -hmm. versus, but you do have to act when something is unquestioningly evil. Yeah. Uh, And that he comes to understand that he took too far of a step back Yeah, and he has to do something and coming up with this, uh, as you said, a way that can be true to him. Mm-hmm. And I love that he says to Yoda, I can't be what she wants, which mm-hmm. leaves you with that. Like, okay, well clearly he's thinking, well, what can I do? Yeah. Because I have been convinced that I have to act. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why he's so angry too. In, in the beginning and some of the moments and even some of the moments that might've been cut from the movie too. You know, there's a little bit more of the Han death, right? No more tears, but just like, I, I always interpret it as he's just like, God, Damn it. Yeah. I ran away. <laughs> I stepped out. Yeah, I she got off. me back in, but just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I really do hope that they follow up on on the value of him being seen as a, as a myth. Right. That we do need people to look up to to inspire our own acts. We need mm-hmm. to be able to say, look at what that person did. Yeah. Maybe I can do that, too. Yeah. And that there's value in being a symbol as well as the sort of yeah. harsh reality. I think is really, uh, really powerful. Do you feel like there are any other arcs in The Last Jedi? Uh, trying to run through, eh, I mean, Leia a little bit. I know we have some notes, but it's like, again, that's, but this, it, to me, the Leia character is this steadfast through line there. This, yeah. This is like, she goes through trauma again. Trauma. She's blasted into space, loses a bunch of loved ones. A little bit. Doubts <laughs> whether she can go on without yeah. losing even more loved ones. I, yeah, because I think that Isaac Crate moment is is all the pain of all the loss, time and time and time and time again, and, and it's she's still got to keep fighting. Yeah, and but you know she can't for go on forever. Suppose key to that. Yeah, I guess maybe you could make a little bit of. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it really fits an arc, but I think that there is a nice rekindling of the flame because mm-hmm. she gets to a low moment on Crate where she feels oh, yeah. like oh. the actual resistance is done. And it's done because the spark of hope has gone out yeah. in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's not clear whether she's managed to get through to Poe. And then, I mean, if nothing else, Luke's act inspires yeah. Leia to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. It inspires the rest of the resistance to keep fighting. Luke even gives her that kind of line of hope of, well, no one's really gone because she's also accepted that her son is gone. Right. Uh, so it is nice to see that moment of rekindled flame. And, and then it's played so well, like, a lot of that, like, well, we're not done yet is so communicated in the, like, why, well, why are you looking at me when Poe has made a good leadership call and she's passing the baton. So yeah, I don't know if I would call it a full arc, but she definitely goes through this, that transition moment from being, being knocked down to getting back up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. So as we can see, there are a lot of arcs, uh, the rise of Skywalker, how many of these characters do you think will have full beginning, middle, and yeah. end? They are changed character arcs. All of them. All. <laughs> all. Of them. No, um, Arc them all. I, I think. I think the main characters will continue. I'm curious. 
Finn's, uh, his, uh, I mean, you, you've had some thoughts about Finn and what he might learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like uh, that with Ray's general journey, with that site of a uh, ship in the background mm-hmm. the, that might be associated with her parents, that she's going to have to face her past. Yeah. Uh, it's been revealed that Zori Bliss is tied to Poe's past. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have to face his past. So it only makes sense to me that Finn facing his past, mm-hmm. I think, uh, was confirmed today in an interview. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a good chance that uh, Janna might actually be a relative or of his people. Yeah. Um, I always want to be very careful about saying that uh, any black character has to be related to a black character. Right, right, right. Not coming to it from that point of view, the way like when he was first announced, people were like, is he Lando? Lando's kid. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, I think well, that's... Well, even she was an... Oh, it must yeah. be Lando's daughter. Yeah, and, I, and I'd want to be really sensitive uh, to that mm. minimizing of, of characters. But in terms of his arc of... Mm where could he go next Yeah. now that he's accepted his new home in the resistance, finding out where he's come from. And that, cause that's a lot of trauma to be like, mm. I was kidnapped as a child and right. this is the life I could have had. And these are the people I could have been with. Makes me feel like that's a, a oh, strong yeah. possibility. If all of their arcs are going to deal with them looking at who they had been yeah. versus who they could be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all all ends up on space horses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> riding the space horses into the future. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so your Ray, of course, has an arc. Yeah. Kylo has an arc. Kylo has an arc. Uh, Finn, Finn, Poe. Do you think Rose has a, a <laughs> full arc, or do you think she's going to be steadfast like Leia? Steadfast. I'll say steadfast. I for no reasons. Just this is just a full movie. We haven't even talked about. Uh, I'm just in the marketing, the Hux and, and Richard E. Grant as, as pride. Like there's a lot at play and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The emperor. Yeah. Coming back. <laughs> um, Leia being in, Oh yeah. The third act of the movie is nothing but wicked. Um, I think, uh, there's a chance that Rose will not be as uh, heavily involved as I would want or think, but I think she represents what you just said. Just like she's made that choice. She knows the cost. She's ready to fight and just building upon that. Yeah. And I think she will have some heroic moments, some cool moments, yes. Maybe even another great epiphany, the yeah. same way she had the uh, save what you love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about a full arc. Hmm. Is it even possible for the emperor to change? <laughs> That's the secret of this movie. This ends with a big old party. That somebody finally gets through <laughs> to, to old Sheev's heart. Takes his mask off and he's got his Naboo blue underneath. And he's like, I've always been Sheev at heart. That's the big mission. Yes. They are going to go to Naboo yep. and find the teddy bear he had when he was a child <laughs> and he's going to uh, turn back from the dark side he just keeps repeating this word yes um that's exactly it that's exactly it no he's a when one uses the word steadfast that's usually <laughs> a complimentary a word but i mean yeah he's he's steadfast in that he is an evil bastard yes, right yes. Uh, i don't i don't think he's yeah, time to go gonna change uh, but that would be a fun conversation of whether uh, whether actually physically becoming Palpatine as a character or Sidious yeah. as a character arc. Mm, evil's evil. Uh, anyway, mm. do you have specific desires for what the main characters might uh, accept or how how they would grow, like where they would end up? Because we, we were speculating a little bit on what they might be challenged by. Yeah, this is great. I I I don't specifically. I um. I'm so intrigued by Ray in this one. I'm so intrigued by what seems to be a growing frustration with those around her, but not those around her, but just that none of this, you know, I'm still learning. Yeah. It's a long way to go. I'm Unclear about her relationship with the force itself. Yeah. I'm really, 
really intrigued of what that means, what that will tie into. Um, um, and Kylo as well. I mean, I'm really focused on those. Yeah. And this has always been their series in a way. Yeah. Uh, love that Ryan called them kind of dual protagonists more than anything. Um, the other arcs I'm looking forward to, great, but I'm just really yeah focused on that. Oh, 3PO finally becoming a hero. Ooh, yeah, 3PO's hero's journey. I yeah. think I think yeah. that is I think that's very very valid. Yeah. 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 Um I think yeah, there's so much that's going on with Rey and Kylo and I think that there could be uh, possibilities with Finn and Poe. I think it's structurally it seems like it's going to be yeah. about them dealing with their past, but what would they accept or how they would change from that? I wonder if there is a possibility of kind of underlining and it's been in lots of other Star Wars storytelling of like this is the these are the faces of the resistance. Mm-hmm. This is who we're fighting for. So what do you, what do you want your life to be? Because you don't. The goal is to end this. Yeah. So you can get on with your life. What do you want that to, yeah. to be when you're when you're not a fighter anymore? We talked about it, um, it with other shows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you want to be when you're done? And is it that Poe wants to go back to being a pilot, mm. or does? You know, is he tempted by sins of the past? Or, yeah. You know, does he want to go be a, yeah. a smuggler, scoundrel, or a racer? You know, does Finn want to stay with open up a jacket shop? Yeah. His resistance family, or yeah. you know, yeah, I kind of think uh, I'm sort of hoping for that of a little mm. bit of a picture of like Return of the Jedi ended with the they beat the bad guys, so they had a party. Yeah. And they're probably going to set up a government. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if that's a way for this one to take a step beyond that to more full conclusion of yeah. what is after the war mm-hmm. and what are, what were we fighting for? We'll and and can we see a little bit of, of what, what you mm-hmm. get because you uh, won mm-hmm. other than uh, XP if <laughs> it's a video <laughs> game, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, what does the force look like? What do force users look like after all those kind of big yeah. things? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they'll deal with that. Wow. We're so close. So close. So many arcs the, to go. The Google calendar's popping up in my mind. I'm like, oh, boy, where was that? <laughs> this many days. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, big thoughts before we wrap up? No, that's plenty of big thoughts. Some beautiful yeah. stuff there. I really uh, appreciate what you're saying about uh, maybe uh, dig in before you just tweet out lazy writing. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, my opinion. Yeah. Again, understand that there are other mm-hmm. ones. But that's my strong opinion about lazy writing. Uh, to close this out, a question that could either be very serious or very silly. What is a time in your life where you went through a character arc? <laughs> wow. I don't have all day here, man. Just go listen to the Knapsack Files. I'll take okay. you through the journey. Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of growth. Um, <laughs> at, times been too, at, t- at times, I'm too steadfast. Times too steadfast. That's been my growth. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's been my growth. Uh, you? For an isolated small character arc, because I, I think the truth of humanity is we are constantly going through yes. little character arcs and yes. hopefully big character arcs as well. Um, but uh, this is dumb, but working at Kinko's. Uh, I had a lot of, I don't know, uh, I don't know how, how I want to say this. Um, definitely a lot of uh, pressure that you're, you're fine, but you're not great. Yeah. Uh, and, and there can be a thing sometimes in the culture of Minnesota, uh, uh, mm. parts of Minnesota, don't want to paint with too broad of a brush that I encountered that are like, that's good enough. Uh, <laughs> don't, you don't, yeah. you, you don't need to show off. Um, so working at Kinko's where I had a little bit of, it was my first real job and it was such a pressure cooker yeah. from how, you know, the, the actual 
copy machines that you use are way more complex than the just slap it down, hit one yeah. button. There's a lot to go wrong. There's a lot of oh, God, yeah. money riding on it because these are big corporate accounts. These are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars that you can hit the wrong button and screw up badly. And even when I got to Kinko's, there is there a little bit of a culture there of like, you can just work the front counter. You don't have to touch that machine. So anyway, long story short, it was just a great challenge of like, can you believe in yourself and believe that you can do work fast, work smart. Mm. If you don't know how a machine works, don't be afraid of it. Just press every button until you figure out how it works. And, oh, is a printer jam? Do you have to call the tech? Or can you rip open its guts and figure it out? And just being sort of challenged in the moment to go like, whatever the problem is, you can at least try to figure it out first, be it dealing with a, you know, really difficult customer or a broken machine or an impossible deadline or all those things. And it was, it was just, I'm sure many people have had those experiences in life where you get thrown into an isolated thing. That's a a pressure cooker of character of believe in yourself. You can find a way, make it happen. Love it. Yeah. The growth. Yeah. Growth. Growth on jobs. I accepted the, uh, Uh. the metaphorical lightsaber of the DocuTech 135 <laughs> professional photocopying machine. Oh, but, you know, then you learn again. It's a job that I know you didn't grow up going, I'm going to be a Kinko's manager, but then you learn and that ticket that goes through your life. Right. That's the important thing about these arcs, right? Yeah, because it's not, not what you expected. It was a yeah. day job. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, my yeah. day job's put me through some paces. You look back and you yeah. learned. So I hope all of our listeners out there are enjoying thinking about character arcs and are having wonderful character arcs. For their own human <laughs> lives. Enjoy your own character arcs and share them. Ah, wow. Well, we're going to hear from some of you right now with audience questions. We're going to Facebook. Jasper Simon says, as my favorite Star Wars character once said, hello there. Uh, what do you think happened to Obi-Wan's lightsaber and robe after he became one with the Force? Did Vader keep the robe and use it as pajamas? Uh, <laughs> were they both destroyed when the Death Star bit the dust? Did Sheev acquire the saber and use it as a trophy to show his power of the Jedi? Or use it as an oversized bug zapper. All of this is possible, Jasper. Mm. This is a great question. One of those fun little canon, uh, canon kind of things, but also uh, things that would keep you up for hours as a kid. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a canon answer right now, to I don't my knowledge. Think so yeah, uh, we, yeah. So if there's a canon answer, we will find out. You know, I think that lightsaber kind of has some uh, significance to mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, what with being the one that cut his mm-hmm. legs and arm off and yeah. caused him to explode into flames. Uh, I love the idea that he would have taken it, that it was with him on the yeah. TIE Advanced X1, and that it was put in a place of pride in the Mustafar Castle, mm. which is, uh, to some extent, a uh, just a tribute to his pain. Yeah, And I feel like that saber mm. would contribute to his memory of what happened there and his yeah. focusing his anger on it. I, I'm totally on board for that one. I, I, I kind of accept that as an answer, but the key thing is, is does he bring it with him? So he goes and puts it down. I don't know if Vader has an apartment on the Death Star. I got to yeah. imagine he does in a, in a chamber to meditate. Yeah. Does he um, FedEx it to Mustafar yeah, immediately? Yeah. So that would be... My word, he, yeah, he don't have a lot of time, but they do have enough time. He has enough time. Now, he has enough he time. Does, he does have time. I could see it. Co- contact Vinay. Uh, yeah. Tell him, <laughs> uh, come pick this up. Yes. Because I want him to still have it. I yeah. would hate to see it just get uh, blew, you know, blown up. The blown up. Yeah, he got blown up. I like what you're saying. Putting it on like uh, 
Fortress Vader is all about remember the pain. Yep. And here is one of the yeah. things that caused the pain. I love that. Great question, Jasper. Uh, Ronaldo Dominguez the third uh, writes, does visiting Willow on Disney Plus count as a Star Wars adventure? <laughs> I think it does. And uh, does the character Sorsha work as proof of concept for saying Mara Jade could have worked? Maybe could have worked. All right. So this is great. Um uh, my girlfriend Grace has never seen Willow, and it's on our list to do now that we have Disney Plus. Uh, not a commercial for Disney Plus, but I really <laughs> enjoy what they have going on there. Uh, the price to go at six ninety nine a month. Um, no, so uh, I, I'm going to assume too, Joseph, you are very familiar with Willow. I uh, or or have you not? Are you not? I am not. Wow, I have okay. never seen Willow. And uh, here's why. What, what year does it come out? Eighty seven. Eighty six. Eighty seven. Eighty six. Eighty seven. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long before the internet. Okay. Saw a commercial for it. Mm-hmm. Dropped what I was doing halfway through because I thought it was new Star Wars. That's and this was in the fair. time where it could have been, and you right. would, you, <laughs> you wouldn't, wouldn't have known. I didn't happen to see that particular magazine at you know right. a bookstore or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got so mad at it just not being a Star Wars movie. <laughs> That I didn't make Love any that. effort to see it uh, as a child. Love that. Uh, which, obviously, I've, I've grown a lot <laughs> as a person, speaking of character arcs. But then I've just, I've never got to it. I, I think <laughs> e- yeah. even when I was, like, in my 20s, I was like, that movie that isn't Star Wars, like, I was irrationally resented yeah. it for not being Star Wars. <laughs> so it's uh, it's in the whole Disney Plus queue. Yeah, which, hey, uh, you know, and I'd be curious, because I have a lot of movies from the 80s that I just quite frankly, was not allowed to watch oh, by yeah. my parents. And I still haven't watched them. And people are like, well, you haven't seen Top Gun? I'm like, well, no, there's open mouth kissing in it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I finally saw Ghostbusters. I was, I was not allowed to see Ghostbusters because of ghosts. So It's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> yes, that's true. So to go back and watch it now, I'm curious if you're, of your reaction. It is more than not Star Wars. It is not Lord of the Rings. It is definitely <laughs> George Lucas and Ron Howard going, hey, what if we did a Lord of the Rings story? Oh. And it's it's down to, you know, uh, the little people on a mission and a warrior who not doesn't have his glory with the sword oh. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing it real badly, real fast. However, so this is interesting. I, uh, Ronaldo, this is a great question because Joanne Whaley? I believe it's her name, Joan Whaley, who uh, ended up at the time she, her and Val Kilmer ended up in a, as a romantic couple. Oh wow! I think either before or because of this movie. Okay. So Val Kilmer, of course, is uh, was Man Mordigan, uh, the main uh, character. Warwick Davis is Willow. Um, Willow Ulfgood, I do believe. Um, <laughs> Oathgood? Ulfgood, Ulf I believe. Ulfgood. It's okay. been a while for me, too. <laughs> but I love this movie as a kid. Um, Sorsha is uh, a fiery redhead with a sword. So I've been trying there to tell go. trying to tell Grace, this is why you need to watch the movie. <laughs> um, uh, and she is really darn good as kind of a, a, a villain, but daughter of the villain type of okay. arc there. Hand and of the emperor of Willow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all, all there. Um, really good. Uh, I, I won't spoil the plot, but I, I, I'm not going to say it's a proof of concept. Mara Jade could have worked, but it, it definitely could. And it's, it, it filed away for me is one of those. I grew up. This is why I, this is a different conversation, but like, to push back against female characters, but more specifically female heroes of, of action, um, 
I don't I don't understand because I grew up like just I loved the character of Sorsha now yeah. as a straight uh, young man. And she's a pretty lady. But are you sure there's some of that. Yeah. But her Baroness, uh, all the Robotech characters, Lady J, Scarlet G.I. Joe stuff like I just was like, I don't understand the concept of why would you not want to see more of that? Right. Why I don't want to see Val Kilmer uh, fighting and uh, Val Kilmer two fight like give me something different, but also just like I don't understand the pushback against a a female character uh, yeah. in any kind of action position too, and then that doesn't mean they all have a strong female character. You and I have talked about that on and off air. Strong female character does not mean Linda Hamilton in Terminator two. Yeah, it means a well developed it, it could human. Be Carrie Russell and waitress trying to make ends meet as as a wait <laughs> as a waitress, you know, and going through those things. But I love the character of Sorsha, and I think it, she has some Jedi qualities. I mean, I am. I've been excited to watch this for a long time uh, because yeah, it is a, it. a hidden classic from me. I hid it from myself, <laughs> and now that I know that there is a Sorcha who might yeah. be like Mar Jade, that's great. Uh, Think in general for Mar Jade, like I would, I would be very happy if yeah. she returned to canon in some way. So, I, I like the character of Mar Jade a lot. <sighs> Good call, Ronaldo. You got me started, man. Um, Patreon we go. Joshua Thorne. Would Vader have attacked Leia the same way he did Luke on Bespin if he discovered that she was his daughter first? This is a great question. Mm-hmm. Big kind of a, goes into what-if territories. Yeah. All right, so he figures out. He's got, I don't know, um, maybe Leia's already there and he figures it out. Yeah. Or figures it out on the way. I don't know. What do you think? Where do you go? Yeah. Alt my ultimate answer is yes because i think at this point vader is still consumed by the dark side yes and i think there's this there's this element to cutting off luke's hand and and Mm -hmm. just taking him down in general as like this is truth i Mm -hmm. my perspective is the dark side and you know to deny pain and cruelty is a foolish lie of the jedi let me uh let me uh, relieve you of that lie yeah and i don't see why that would change because it was leia now, maybe he would m- try to manipulate her in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I can mm-hmm. certainly see the desire to, to have headcanon of if he understood that it, if he truly saw Padme in her. Yeah. Right. That there that maybe with Luke, there's a little bit of ability to go like, well, that's that's my son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this idea of that, if he truly saw Leia and understood Leia was my daughter that it would be hard not to see Mm. Padme in her yeah that how would that how would he manipulate her differently yeah I agree with you like I still I I think he would see her as some sort of tool or a piece or a pawn to use for his means or the empire's means but definitely I think if he's going around and he's already messed up that he found out Luke like that number one that he has a kid yeah and and that uh uh, it survived uh, following Padme's death, all stuff like that messes with his mind. And then to find out on top of that, on top of that, Anna had a daughter. Uh, I think I think I could see him. I think there's a chance. Not that it would break him and turn him good, but it would be too much for him. He might fly right back to Palpatine, not worry about Luke or Leia, and just be like, oh, wait, we're going to go, man. Yeah. Get your saber out. We're fighting. Yeah. I think there's a part of him, just based on a lot of the new canon, he'd be, he'd be really messed up about it. But I think overall... I think he would have. I think he would have tried to, like you just said, a different way of getting her to turn. And if she, you know, if he known uh, she turns him down, I think he might have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I do. I like I'm sure some stories will address it eventually. Vader spends some quality time with Leia, right? A lot. Uh, And and Leia does uh, look like Padme act like Padme. So you, you can go to the very logical, like, well, he's always known her as this annoying, yeah. you know, 
probably rebel sympathizer in the Senate. Organics have always been a problem. Mm-hmm. Here's another Organa who's a, a problem, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not even that he thinks that she's yeah. the biological daughter, but you know, just his mind wouldn't go that way. But every once in a while, I'm sort of tempted by the headcanon of like, there's something deep down that senses mm-hmm. and denies that that's part of like the, mm. why he interacts with Leia the way he does of like something deep down is, is bubbling and he does not want to listen to that at all. Does not want to see somebody who see himself torturing someone who looks it's, like Padme. It's a real interesting wrinkle to George messing with his own canon yeah. and lore and writing in pencil because Obviously, Carrie Fisher, Natalie Portman, other than general colorings, don't look super alike. But in the real world, like I just saw a picture of my friend Mark Ellis showed me a picture of his dad playing guitar. His dad's passed away when it was an older picture. And I was like, oh, it literally looks like you playing guitar in the 60s. <laughs> so we know how reality works. Yeah. So the fact that <laughs> the fact that Vader is not on, on the blockade runner going, wait a, a minute. minute. <laughs> Because Panaka, it happens to Panaka. Yeah. But that had, she's in the same dress, the jubilation dress and everything. Yeah. It's just one of those fun wrinkles. I love it. I love it. I don't look at them as plot holes or anything. It's just like George created this wonderful world that sometimes folds in on itself. There are opportunities, right? And so the opportunity is to make it about Vader going, maybe. No, there's no way. And not to me, not even like uh, can, can even articulate it in any yeah. way. Just sort of like. I I see this person and uh, they are my enemy and I'm mad at them yeah. and I don't want to interact with them. Bye. Bye. And I don't, I'm not even going to, Yeah. I don't think the dark side is super about getting in touch with your feelings <laughs> outside <laughs> of fear or anger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Final thought of the day comes from Dylan Ratcliffe. Uh, Dylan writes, Hey there, Force Center crew. This year has been excellent for us book readers. Lots of different kinds of books. Books about the prequel era, Jedi lore, Re- Empire versus Rebels, Empire versus Grisk. Ooh, tasty. Resistance versus First Order and many more. My favorite book this year is probably Dooku, Jedi Lost. The relationship of Dooku and Savides in the book was great, and the first half of the book explained all sorts of Jedi lore in and around the temple was fascinating. It's my favorite part of any book this year. What are your favorite moments, big or small, from the books that came out this year? Have a great show. Well, Dylan, uh, we had, <laughs> I hope we had a great show. I hope so. Uh, favorite books this year. First, I have to remember what came I out this year. I know. There's so many. Uh, I tried to pull out a mm. couple moments. Uh, Master and Apprentice, mm-hmm. I think, is probably my favorite ton of moments that I like yeah. uh, from that. I like getting that sense in Master and Apprentice that Jedi have lots of different areas of expertise. And so that's what their Padawans have to learn. And then the Padawans hang out and go, no, your master is a seeker or an adventurer. And like (laughs) your master just likes to study. Like, uh, I think, uh, that stuff is all great. I loved Obi-Wan on the, uh, Varactyl in Mm -hmm. Master and Apprentice. Mm-hmm. I love the kind of lesson of Qui-Gon embracing prophecy. If people haven't read it, I don't want to say much more than that. Sentinel droid in Alphabet Squadron we both talked about. Oh, those yeah. uh, The oh, Emperor yeah. Sentinel droid just hanging around, creeping people out. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of the, uh, uh, the... The last one I'll say is from the Padme novel. I love that really direct line when Padme is trying to figure out a complicated problem and somebody was like, well, how are you going to handle this? And she's like, well... It's not evil. I know how to handle evil. I shot evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a it's a good, strange, tough guy line, but yeah. also like makes this fun philosophical sense of like, oh, when a problem is clear cut, you act. 
Yeah. And what the trade federation was doing was wrong and it was clear cut. So I, I shot them, uh, yeah. you know, certainly the battle droids and would have shot, uh, the Nemodians if necessary. But then other problems are more complex like that. Then you can't just shoot them. Yeah. Uh, you, you get the best of both worlds. You get a cool line, cool line and yeah. then some deeper philosophy behind it. Uh, my favorite book this year was probably the Padme novel, Queen Shadow, E.K. Johnston. Um, uh, but my favorite, I think my favorite moment, there's a lot of little revelations and fun stuff. Like I love the, like, this is how more important, like how, but why they changed the outfits a lot in Phantom Menace. It wasn't just yeah. a fun thing and, and having to, again, you know, they're probably on the set of Phantom Menace. Like I put Padman in something new outfit every time, but here's the, how does it actually work? <laughs> the reality of it's great. And then I love that where that ends with Sabe kind of talking about the death of, of Padme and, and there's a real kind of haunting kind of something ain't right here vibe to it. Um, love that. Uh, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite moments, Resistance Reborn, is it's Zay using the, uh, uh, to make the choice to be better, hmm. which not just is this wonderful modern canon lore checklist. Yeah. Of she got that from her dad, Delmico, got it from Luke and got that in a video game I played. But to, <laughs> to use it and then to put it, to present it to Paul. Yeah. Uh, and, and everyone in the moment, I thought was my favorite moment. And I got to tell you, it's a joke, but in Black Spire, it's a great underrated oh, novel. Oh, yeah. Really underrated. But to, and I haven't even been there yet. <laughs> but to have Vimerati walk around Galaxy's Edge and point out things like it's a tour guide at Disneyland. Yeah. And to have it work and not come off as just a commercial. And to have it be a novel and a story that works. Yeah. I actually think it's one of my favorite moments. Yeah, that's pretty great. And the next time that I go to the Resistance area uh, in Galaxy's Edge, yeah. I will be thanking Vimerati. Absolutely. For building that. Wow, great questions today, team. Dylan, Joshua, Ronaldo, and Jasper. We appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your questions and thought starters. If you have a thought on today's episode or a question, you can reach us at Twitter uh, at Force Center Pod, like our Facebook page. We have a website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Uh, website available a lot of places. Just search for your favorite uh, podcast place, like Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Podcasts, Stitcher. They're uh, one of about 12 right now where we're on. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash force center. We appreciate your continued support, especially uh, during the holiday season where a lot of your funds might be going to something else. Uh, thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And speaking of gifts, it's still time, Joseph, to shop the force center way. That's right. As we're recording, it's Cyber Monday. By the time you're listening, it'll be Cyber Tuesday, because why not just keep the cyber going? going. You can go uh, check out our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. If you're excited about the what we believe will be return of the Ewoks, you can grab our I Heart Murder Bears shirt right there. That's again, tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And if you have uh, our merch or buy our merch, uh, tweet at us and we would be more than happy to share your pictures of force center merch. Absolutely. We got our own things we're working on here. It's a busy season uh joseph uh, shows uh, coming up soon i'm sure yeah yeah so you can find me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw if you're in the los angeles area this saturday i will be doing a fun holiday variety show uh co-hosted by a friend of the podcast uh and us personally claudia dolph mm, yeah. uh, always a lot of great fun it's a big fun family holiday variety show uh and dave foley always does a bit as well uh it's yeah. always surprising and fun and then uh on monday Monday, I will be in a show called Quizitron with a mm. bunch of awesome people. It is a science comedy variety show as well. Not really a variety show. It's a science comedy quiz. It's very funny. Uh, and then 
other shows coming up, a new year show, all that information is on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com under the live shows page. Pretty quiet for a month for me publicly. I'll be at the live Shmoda and Spectacular in downtown Los Angeles nice. December 7th, uh, uh, being part of the Fan Expo and calling uh, the Star Wars match. Our buddy Alex Damon's coming on out. I think he's flying out uh, pretty soon. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll try to hang with him. Uh, but go to kenapsack.com for information on everything else. Uh, that is it for this week. Wow, we're so close. We hope you are getting ready for Rise of Skywalker with us. We'll see you next time. That was Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.